idea for all this really came from a dream? Yes, it did. Good evening and welcome to Nox Mente. Tonight's guest is Alex Stein. Alex was on our Obelisk show a, few, what, a month or so ago, and he's the host of Conspiracy Castle YouTube channel. Pretty cool stuff. You should check it out. Alex, welcome to the show. Jerry, I appreciate that that long bio. That Please, was huge. Not, yeah, was huge. Uh, yeah, don't. I mean, don't. <laughs> that was a little too long. I mean, give, give the people at home a break. They need that exit music, like the Academy Awards. You're going so. Long. You know, if you'd provided me with a longer one, I would totally have read it. Well, there's not much to say, you I, know, other than the conspiracy castle, and that I'm a total freakazoid trying to expose the Illuminati and these, you know, fundamental <laughs> lies they have us under. Other than that. Just a regular old average Joe. <laughs> but you, I love your superhero mask. <laughs> I like I know, you know, it's funny. The ball I, I, the cat, myself. Well, in the cat, the, the freaking cat chewed up the other one. So I just realized that I just had to order one on Amazon because you said you like that mask. And then a friend of mine today said, Alex, you have to go into another store and do a sequel with that same mask. <laughs> And so I said, you know what? I thought that was a one-trick pony. I thought I was a one-hit wonder. I would never go back to it. But just like an old rock and roll star, you got to go back to your greatest hits. So I just ordered a mask. I just ordered a two-pack of those masks. And I'm going to go probably one of these, as soon as it gets here on Amazon Prime, either tomorrow or the next day, I'm probably going to go into some Walmart, go to some stores, and try to get confronted with that stupid mask on and look like a stupid idiot and try to make some content and try to make some people happy at home. You know, Alex, what's... you're developing into like a superhero. Awesome. <laughs> with the mask. Oh, yeah, the farthest, <laughs> you know, the super villain. You know what's even funnier, okay. though, is that when you originally did that, which was like two months ago, maybe a little longer, mm-hmm. the, the, the mask shit has heated up a thousand times since then. I think this is nearly four months ago, three months ago, yeah, actually. About okay. yeah. 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 And yeah. Oh, dude, the masking is going crazy. So there's this, there's the, the only stores I've been able to go into is the stores where they know me at, like this Dollar General that they just know me because I, I used to go there a lot. Then I just don't care because they're more worried about shoplifters and stuff. So I'm talking to the guy today and I'm like, and this is at the Dollar General. This is like in the kind of the ghetto part. And I live in a nice neighborhood, but so I kind of go across the, Inwood Road, and I go to this place because they're cool about the mask. And I'm talking to the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, at the Maple location, the manager got beat up for asking a guy to wear a mask." <laughs> I know, but I'm saying it's not even funny because I know them there, and I know you're laughing, Jerry, because it is funny. But but so I know the manager, and I can tell like the manager is all tripped out, and, and he was like, "Yeah, I would never bug people about the mask because of that." But he's like, first of all, it was a woman, and then there's a, a guy hit, hitting him. But that's where we're at. It's not about the act. It's like, Jerry, why are we so tense about it? Like, why are even people enforcing the mask? Why are we still making essential workers, the lowest level workers, the people that are making minimum wage, that, that are basically police officers enforcing these mask policies? I mean, it's it's absolutely insane, it's, the responsibility. It's fear and mind control. That's all. Well, what well, it is. Hasidic Jews are not having it. In no, they're not. No, they're it. not. And they're awesome. <laughs> I love those guys. Good for them. They were burning the mask. But see, you know, that that just shows you, uh, I mean, that that was awesome, them, those good guys burning the mask. But I think those guys were going to vote for Trump anyway. So that's probably why they, you know, that's why they don't like those Hasidic Jews, I don't think. You know, I think there's a little more to that. It's because he knows that Trump supports Israel. And so he, in, in Cuomo and de Blasio, that's why they're purposely persecuting those Jewish guys, in my opinion. Yeah, but you, you don't push them around, period. They're like, no. 
No. They will come out. They're hardcore. They have their own police yeah. force. They do a bunch of freaking crazy stuff. They got no rules. Those guys are, you know, intense. Did you hear them singing as they ran around the fire? Have uh, no mask for me, Lon. <laughs> Is that what they were saying? No, 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 no. Nah. But they were singing no, and dancing. Why? They were singing and dancing, Jerry. Though why they were trying to like round them up? They were still laughing and dancing. Oh yeah, well, gotta have a good time when you you know fucking the government over. What's Sakat all about? You guys know what's what all about? They're 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 the reason they're celebrating is it, there's a thing called the holiday of Sakat. That's today. Yeah, and so I guess I don't know it's enough about it. Probably the end of Yom Kippur. Yeah, but, but like part of it is part of the holidays that is a celebration of gathering. So that's like the opposite of what we're supposed right. to be doing now. It's literally like a celebration of gathering. I think that's like one of the ethos of it is to gather. And so them not making them try to social distance, it goes against their whole religion, basically. Oh, it kind of goes against the whole first It'd be Amendment like saying too. don't sing and you're not allowed to sing, you know, because of COVID. And there's churches that do that. There's in California, they said that there's churches that are yeah. allowed to open, but no singing. California, you have to take your mask on and off between bites now. So, yeah, Sakat is the seven days of Sakat celebrated by dwelling in the Sukkah, uh, taking the four kinds and rejoicing is the holiday which we expose ourselves to the elements in covered huts, commemorating G, our gods sheltering our ancestors as they traveled from Egypt to the Promised Land. Well, so it's a I don't know. Day. I don't know enough about it to really come. Yeah, I think not. it's like a family get. Ga- it's a family gathering. There's something to do with gathering all part that. Of it. Yeah, I swear there's something because I read that in the Daily Mail, like in a freaking well, boo boo bad article about it. Every time you know. Jewish holidays and except for Hanukkah, I think there's there's a Seder. Yeah. So it's just a celebration, yeah. yeah. Well that's that's a meal. It's a gathering. <clears throat> I don't know with I, lots of prayers and uh, there's all you know, the ceremonies are long. Right. And the Hasids are, are Orthodox, so they're gonna definitely be Oh yeah. Celebrating all these all them. But I, I don't I don't you know, I have Jewish people in my family, but I but they're not like super practicing, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah my my grandfather my dad didn't know he, he got my grandmother pregnant when he was stationed here uh, in dallas and my dad never knew him and he started a family uh in new york without him and he was jewish so i was raised christian my dad was too but we weren't raised religious at all so i don't know anything about it, it goes down it's matriarchal with your though, mom so. i know that's why yeah. i'm technically not a jew so you'd have to join and i had read yeah, but recently. i'm not i mean i'm a, i consider myself a christian but what is a christian i mean you know i had read recently too that modern day jewish people aren't technically semitic they're not they're not descended from semites but the palestinians are i was seeing that too jer Although that's a hot topic. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to dwell yeah. on that. It's, it's yeah. I mean, night. we can get into that because they're freaking, you know, taking credit for. It goes into what race is Jesus type territory. Yeah, well, yeah. He's not white. Tear down every no Jesus way. statue. No way. He was white. No way. <laughs> no, but I mean, and, and do we even know what Jesus was? And I, I like to tend to believe Jesus was real, but you know, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter if he was real or not. It's just a story now, and it's in the narrative. Yeah. It's part of the narrative. Yeah. But a, what's real is Alex in a mask. Yes. Well, and a ball gag. Maybe you should not, wear the ball gag and the Lone Ranger mask at the same time in the Walmart. <laughs> then they wouldn't even bug me. And just be like I want to see shopper. you with like a with the tights on too. I mean, you might as well just do Wait, it. Wait, did up. you see Lana Del Rey doing the book signing with that? Yeah, with the mask. The dazzled they mask. Were... You should wear that. Lana Del Rey can what wear it. She I, 
They're Long canceling day, right? her now. They're yeah, Google canceling it. her. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Anyway, showtime. <sighs> oh my gosh, she's so cool for doing that. And they freaked out. I don't oh, know. Yeah, facing huge. backlash. Wow. Yeah, How did I just it's, see this? It's huge. Because you're here hanging with us. We're here to help you, Alex. I know. Wow. What a mm -hmm. bull crap. She's wearing like this mesh mask and it's supposed to look funny, but you can breathe. And then she took a selfie with like a, another person that kind of had a similar mask on. That's kind of funny. That well, was, she's that's getting a lot of, she's getting tons <laughs> of slack because now she's blonde. And I've been seeing like tweets where, you know, they're calling her Karen now and all that stuff. It's, Rough. All the, this is what pisses me off. Let me get this out of the way. All these people, these virtue signalers, are the same people that go to a restaurant and they make you wear a mask while you are being seated at your table. But as soon as you get to the table, you can take off the mask. I so know. in theory, <laughs> the cross contamination is unreal. That's like having a peeing section in a public pool. It doesn't oh. make sense. There's, there's going to be, I mean, it doesn't. It's impossible. There, that doesn't make any sense. And that's why it's bullcrap. So these people are like, oh, it's about health. It has nothing to do with health. It Did you see it's like, Alec, it's, it's, it's like the old smoking section in the restaurant. There's nothing separating. It's just the line yes. in the room. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's like having a smoking section and then being in the non-smoking section. It's obvious. You're, you're just across smoke. another I mean, booth. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the thing. They put up these plexiglass barriers between the... the Pence and Harris tonight for the debate. Yeah, that's on right now while we're doing this. I know. Isn't that crazy? I don't care. I kind of rather watch the highlights. I would be watching it live if I wasn't watching this, but I'm just going to watch the highlights. But they, they put these plexiglass barriers up that are like six by three feet, right? <clears throat> and these two people are seated at desks 10 feet away. That that, that stage is, is lit with all these spotlights, and there's tons of airflow in there, right? Those plexiglass barriers aren't stopping anything. And not only that, the guys putting them up weren't even wearing gloves. No, of yeah. course not. Yeah. So it's like it's like pointless. you can riot. For I show. mean, peace, peacefully protest. I mean, riot <laughs> without any of this gear on, but you can't walk to the door of a, from a door to the restaurant to your table. Yeah, you can't get a six inch <laughs> sub at Subway. Six inch. What did you long... say? You had me at six inch, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a size queen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, as long as people <laughs> keep putting up with this, it's going to continue. That's that's all I can say. Yeah, and people yeah. are going to continue. I I I I made a video today. I posted on my Conspiracy Castle 2.0 channel of a guy, and he was ripping cigarettes, Newport cigarettes, smoking cigarettes, and then he took it. He, he put out a cigarette, immediately put his mask on while he's fishing outside, and I walked up to him. I made just a short video. Go, hey, bud, you know how you doing? He's like, hey, and I go. So tell me, why are you wearing the mask outside? Do you think? Do you think? Don't you think that outside air is healthier than the air you're rebreathing with the mask? He's like, well, I never really thought about it. And I was like, well, if you care about your health, why are you smoking cigarettes and then putting on the mask yes, immediately? Yes. And he's like, well, I never really thought about it like that. And it's just a funny video. It's only a minute long. If you guys want to watch it. The worst it. part about the mask thing is that when this is all over, people are going. There's going to be a percentage of people who feel naked without it. And they'll continue to wear it because it makes them feel safe. It's that whole safety. People like the accessory of it too. Like people yep. like, you know, yep. yeah, I mean, oh yeah. It's going to well, suck. That, but I don't mind if that is like, if we're a little bit, okay. The new normal. If it's your choice, yeah, it's your choice. It's exactly. Exactly. See, the new normal is so screwed up. But as long as they don't make me wear one to the store, I don't care if everybody wears one, honestly. Yeah. yeah. You should be 
if by the theory that's going around, you should be just fine. You should be protected if you've got your mask on. And Trump's it shouldn't fine. matter if I don't <laughs> or do, right? Even the CDC said 94% of the deaths had 2.6 pre-existing conditions when they died. Listen, so- guys, my body, my choice. Right, right, right. Yeah, anyway, well. let's get the show going. <laughs> okay. I want to watch the debate. <laughs> yeah, the debate is during the show. Uh, afterwards, I'll watch the replay. All right. Anyway, so all right, Alex, it's so good to have you back, baby. Mm-hmm, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about our dreams tonight, right? Yeah, we're going to dig deep in. So let's go back to young baby Alex. All the mm-hmm. way back. What are your earliest memories in this life? You know, I was thinking about this the other day. And some of my earliest memories was like my hanging out with my mom in a hair salon. And I remember my mom used to like carry me up there as a baby and she would drink. And I think she would like do a little Coke with a hairdresser was up there. There's a hair (laughs) hair salon. Like this is the eighties, right? Yeah. This is like 80. (laughs) I was born in 86. So yeah, my mom, you saw there was a, cause there's, we're right near lover's lane. This is a really busy street in Dallas, like a really popular street. I remember a hair salon. Some of my first memories was being at a hair salon. I just remember the hair salon crap. You know, that's what I remember. And I know, like, I add, like, maybe she was doing narcotics. I know she was drinking back then when I was a baby because she ended up getting clean. My mom had alcohol issues. But that's some of my first memories, honestly, was being in a freaking uh, hair salon with my mom. Oh, that's weird. That's actually kind of cute. I like it. Were you an only child? Only child. Yeah, that's why I'm an attention freak, I think. Yes. And... Also, do you come from any military people? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess kind of my grandfather, I was saying earlier, whom I didn't have a relationship with my dad, was in the military and got my grandmother pregnant, was not in my dad's life. So he never, he met him one time uh, when he was like two or three, and then they never talked ever again. So he was in the military, but my dad wasn't, and my mom has nothing to do, and her, nobody on her side is in the military. So no, I, I don't have really a, a real military background. But I spent a little time in military school. I went to military school for a semester. Oh, you did? How old were you? I was 17. I got in a little bit. It was just like, it was really, it was military school, but it was more like a summer football program. And you kind of went up there. It's kind of like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's kind of like a sports program, but you had to do all the military school stuff. Like the so boot camp? Yes. It would be like, let's say there's like a lot of good athlete type kids who didn't have their life together. So there's a program in Virginia at this military school. You'd go there and they'd kind of help you get your life together. You know, kind of just like gets you back in shape and you play sports and yeah. it would like you it would like help you get credits. Like it would be like summer school. So like say you need they'd basically let you cheat and give you, you know, twenty one hours of high school credits by going to this thing. So a lot of athletes went there, but it was still a military deal. And uh but that was only like three months. So it was Were you a were you kind of like a rebel child? Oh, I was the worst. Are you kidding? I was the worst kid ever. I was like always in the principal's office, always causing trouble, always putting my foot in my mouth. I'm I'm a self-sabotage master. What? uh, So back, let's back up into when you were little again. What were the things that you liked in pop culture, like cartoons and stuff like that? Well, I loved wrestling. WWF wrestling that was Stone Cold Steve Austin I loved oh, yeah. all the all the accoutrement of the rock <laughs> are you kidding and then I love the Dallas Cowboys I'm a Dallas Cowboys nut 
but I, I was never really big into video games. Like I played them a little bit as a kid, but I always stunk and I don't play video games now. So that was never my thing. I like, as a little kid, I liked watching sports, but I liked wrestling. Um, and you know, I can't even remember what cartoons. I always liked that critic cartoon with, um, with, uh, 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 what's that actor? I love his name so much. Um, I don't know. I used to watch not that many cartoons. I, I guess I kind of watched X-Men a little bit, but yeah. You know, what I mean, about comic books and stuff like that? I never really was big into comic books. No. And I didn't ever really read many books either. I didn't read <laughs> enough at all. Did you have a relationship with nature? Yeah, because I, as a kid, I had a bike and my parents weren't strict. My parents divorced when I was about 10. And even before then, like, I remember always playing in the alley, finding animals and frogs and stuff. So I was never had strict parents. So, yes, I was always outside causing trouble uh, in my neighborhood. But nature, like out in the woods, no. I mean, camping, I'm not really a huge camper, but I am a urban outdoorsman, I would consider myself. And also, did you have any fears like darkness under the bed, all that kind of stuff? One of my first fears, my dad always teased me about still to this day, is when I was a little kid and he used to have a convertible. And in Dallas, we have these huge inner passes and over sections, like huge. I mean, literally, you got to go over a bridge over four highways. It goes like hundreds of feet in the air. And I remember being scared in a convertible in the car with my dad. My dad would like, ah, drive really fast and be like, dad, this is scary on these huge bridges. And my dad teases me to this day, like, say we're in the car together. He's like, remember when you were a little kid and you were scared to go on these bridges? <laughs> so my dad, I grew up as a kid, my dad pranking me. We used to do this thing where he'd grab my nose with his two fingers and fake hit his hand. He'd, like, hit his hand real hard like that. Like, he'd go yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. And then I would pretend to be hurt. I'd be like, ow, ow. And we got kicked out of a bunch of Walmarts and a bunch of retail <laughs> stores. Doing that. We a bunch of oh, so we see where this starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're troublemakers. We're attention seekers. You were troublemakers up to and the Walmart. This is my problem, guys. My dad is a career bail bondsman. He didn't go to college. He went to you know a good high school, but ended up because like he didn't really kind of have that father figure kind of keep him in line. So he ended up getting a job and he's eighteen. I think it was like when he was seventeen and ended up making enough money by the time he you know ended high school, graduated high school, that he just decided to work. And so he's in the bail bond business. He gets out pimps and drug dealers and prostitutes out of jail and, you know, murderers and, you know, these terrible people. And is it one of my awesome first memories when I was a kid, I used to stay in the, my dad's bail bond office with his secretary. Her name was red and she used to chain smoke cigarettes all day. And my dad was too busy to care for a baby. And my mom was drinking at the hair salon, you know, sometimes. <laughs> so, so they would leave me in the office. And one day red wouldn't pay attention. I ate all these cigarette butts. There's a tray. Yes. Oh they had to take me to the hospital and pump my stomach. Oh my God. Yes. And then they pump my stomach. They pump my stomach. I'm fine. <laughs> When I'm coming out of the hospital, I guess I was old enough. I was just started walking. I'm walking out of the hospital, and this is how big of an animal nut I was. I went to go pet a dog. This is at the hospital and got bit by the dog and had to immediately go back in the hospital. <laughs> yes. I can't make this up. I cannot. I couldn't even make that up. Got bit by a dog. Yes. You're hilarious. I None of this is surprising, though. You, you are so funny. Um, yeah, you can't make that up. That's classic. And you know, my dad tells people to this day, he tells people that I was born in a veterinarian, not a hospital. I was born in a veterinarian because, because it was of the cheaper. Animals. Yeah, it was oh, just cheaper. It was cheaper. Yeah, it just it was cheaper. 
<laughs> like a home birth was a little cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. Well, at least they have a sense of humor. Do you have a good relationship with your family? Oh, yeah, it's really intense. Yeah, I'm really close. I'm a little too close to my parents, probably. Well, my dad's got kidney disease. Don't feel sorry for me. It's stage two, so he's not on dialysis or anything. So I actually just moved next door to my dad. So I'm but it's already super close to my dad anyway. But so now I'm seeing my dad every single day. And then my mom lives two miles down the road. So, I mean, I don't see her every day, but I talk to her about every day. You know, I just don't see her because she's just kind of, I do see her a lot too, but I, I'm seeing my dad every freaking day. So I am so incredibly close to my parents. I probably, I'm, I'm 33, about to turn 34. I'm single. I probably need to. People probably tease me. I'm a little too close to my parents. And, I, and I'm not ashamed of that because when they die, I'm never going to look back and be like, oh, I'm so mad I spent more time no, with my parents. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, so, so I don't, I'm not like guilty like that. But yes, I'm kind of like a mama's and daddy's boy now that I'm this old. And and I, it's not like a financial thing. I mean, I used to live, you know, right down the street. But now that he's, you know, not feeling as good as he once was, it just is comforting to live next door. And that's kind of the thing with this whole coronavirus. It's like we were scared one night when he was kind of having issues with his kidneys to go to the hospital because they didn't want to get put on a ventilator. You know, you just don't, you just don't know. And they didn't want to test positive Corona and this, this small yeah. thing, or this thing turns into some huge deal. But that kind of woke me up and that's actually what got me to start my channel. So maybe it's really? a blessing. Yeah. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. And I'm not trying to use my dad's sickness as that. That's why I don't want sympathy or anything. It's, but in a way, maybe that was in a way it was kind of a good thing and motivated me to try to go speak and, you know, try to change the current reality that we're living in. Jerry, it looked like you were going to say something. I totally forgot what I was going to say. He, uh, Alex mesmerized you. No, I'm, I'm looking. I'm just looking through the debates. That's a, well, while anything, anything good going on in these debates? No, no. Twitter. Well, how long, how long? How long is the show usually? An hour, two hours? Two, two hours. hours. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Oh, that's cool. So, all right, let's get back to when you were little what was the world of dream like for you did you dream do you remember being a child that had dreams yes i mean dreams i think are always like a big part of my life and i know that sounds weird but i yes i remember very vivid dreams and dreams feeling like they're real and i remember waking up from dreams and wishing you didn't wake up so yes i've, I've always been a big dreamer uh, and i've always had this is this another thing is i oh, i guess some of my first dreams now that i'm thinking about it right now i'm processing it were probably nightmares do you remember any details of what was scary in the dreams i remember as a young kid having a lot of falling i, remember, I don't know why but i remember having lots of falling dreams because i don't really have those anymore so i remember as a kid having those and like a lot of dreams as a kid i remember like i'd be like trying to kick a soccer ball and i couldn't move my leg or i try to catch something and i couldn't move my arm or i tried to punch somebody and i didn't have any force so i remember having those dreams too as a young kid did you have a lot of dreams that were in that vein? So you say punch someone, kick someone, where you were in situations like that? I mean, I guess so. Not a ton of fights, but like, I think I would be, have nightmares where I would be like punching or something in the nightmare. You know what I mean? Like where it'd be like an evil something and I'd try to punch it and I couldn't punch and then I'd wake up. So yeah, I mean, anytime I had a nightmare, it was probably physical. <laughs> Like, you know, zombies or whatever was in the dream. But yeah, I did have a lot of nightmares where there was physical stuff like that for sure. And you were having dreams with like zombie type monsters and stuff? Oh, yeah, for sure. Really? That far back? Well, I don't know. Maybe when I was a young kid, if I was really zombies. But yes, I remember nightmares because I remember like 
and I always slept in a room by myself. But I, yes, I remember having lots. And I, I still had the only thing that fixed my nightmares. And maybe I'm fast forwarding too much. I started heavily exercising. Not, and I'm not talking about like hardcore exercise. I'm talking about just walking every single day, spending at least an hour, at least an hour miles. That's the only thing that stopped my, my nightmares. I'm telling you, I've suffered from, it's funny we're having this dream show. I've suffered from nightmares my whole freaking life. And that's probably been one of the, it's, I've suffered from so much, I've just gotten used to it. Yeah. And, but since you've been doing all this walking, you, they've dissipated? I would say ever since I stopped eating meat and exercising regularly every single day, I don't hardly ever have a nightmare. That's interesting. And you can correspond it to, so are you a vegetarian or a vegan? Oh, well, I'm just vegetarian because I sometimes eat cheese, but I don't eat a lot of cheese. I really don't eat hardly any cheese and I don't eat eggs, um, but I do like honey. Like I really love honey. I eat peanut butter and honey all the time, but I don't feel guilty eating honey because I like bees and I don't think bees really care if I take their honey. Wait, wait, pump the brake. When did honey become not, when did honey become not vegan? Is it not? I mean, I just thought it's- uh, You can have, I was a vegan for a long time. And oh, is I honey okay? Honey. Yeah. <laughs> It's well, not see, made well, by see, animals, it's made by insects, so it's cool. Okay, okay, cool. Well, well, what I'm saying is, like, I have cashew cheese. I use fake cheese, but sometimes I freaking go have a cheese pizza. I mean, you know, and it's not all the time, but that's probably... And, but, like, if I ever have, like, a fake burger, I don't ha- I ever add a cheese patty to it. I don't have grilled cheeses. I really don't eat that much cheese, but cheese pizza, I think it's a queso morphine I have to have because um, that's, like, the one thing that I... I and, and because I don't really crave anything else. And I crave sweets. I crave sweets like crazy. I eat way too much sugar. I got to cut down on my sugar. The sugar is the big deal. Yeah. Well, it's because I'm not eating meat. So it's like my body wants something bad. Like I was just eating candy and I feel less guilty about it because this is why. Because whether or not you eat meat or you don't eat meat, it's not, it's not spirit. For me, it was spiritual. But what I'm trying to say is this you can't debate. When you're eating meat, it's slower for your body to digest. But when you're eating carbohydrates and you're eating vegetables, your body can digest that so much easier. So when you go a couple of days without eating meat, your digestion changes so much. So for me, my digestion is so good and I can eat candy and my body just absorbs it. It's, it's like nothing. And it doesn't make me feel bloated. But like say you're to eat a turkey sandwich or something, you feel what I'm saying is it's just an awesome for me, the way I feel for my digestive system, I don't think I'll ever, ever, ever go back to meat. And that's why I would suggest it to people just for their digestion. But I also don't want to be that guy that suggests this lifestyle because that's so freaking annoying. Yeah, I don't even I don't even talk too much about this stuff. But I, I really I'm mostly like a pescatarian. I yeah, mean, fish I was, isn't bad. I mean, fish really isn't bad for your digestive system. But you I know, love like, seafood and fish. Yeah. Baby, you can't take that from me. And I love dairy. I was overeating a lot of chicken. See, I don't need dairy because I eat the almond milk. If I want, you know, the milk, I don't really need the dairy. But the, the queso morphine, I like, like, and I, I there's like a New York style pizza place. I get the extra large, eighteen inch, uh, uh, and I get it with mushrooms and, and pineapple. They think I'm so weird. Alex, you're working me up tonight. I know, babe. Come on, every night I'm, I'm ready to go. To what are you working with? with? I'm working with everything, babe. I'm working with a full deck. I'm working with a full house, babe. You know, I got and that you're needy. Car. You're needy, I'm too. Needy. I might need to marry you. I'm emotionally needy, yes. I like a needy man. Is that true? You like that? That's a turn on. That's not a turn on. I like, yeah, I like to feel wanted. 
You know, dating right now is so freaking annoying. I can't tell you. I got this app. I don't hardly ever look at Hinge, but these girls on here, it's not them. It's not them. I'm the one that's terrible, but it's just this meeting and this society now or this instant gratification where you swipe left or swipe right on somebody without ever knowing them, without ever getting a chance and not seeing them in person. It's so vapid and like <laughs> sterilized. And oh, creepy. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't. Im- it's not, it's so easy to catch a dick. I don't know why people are on. on <laughs> no, you're right about that. But, but people are not just trying to catch dick though. You know, they're trying to find, you know, Mr. Mr. Right. But the, the thing is, the problem with the app is, is I don't mind using it, but then I'm the guy that's against the technocracy. Yeah. I got a freaking app on my phone where I'm trying to flirt with girls and there's, you know, people, these companies can read all my messages, see where I'm going all because I'm trying to get laid. Like, it's really kind of pathetic. I'm catching like, your dick pics and everything. How did, I don't wait, even how did see, our you know, show I don't descend even, into this? Because <laughs> sleeping, you, you're, you know, I mean, you get a lot of erections during sleep. Well, how do dreams and erections? Hey, oh, ever since I've been vegetarian. Now we're talking. Ever since I've been vegetarian, my erections are way harder. Watch out. Igor's going to oh, be coming out pretty soon. Holy my God. Yeah, that's it's, a fact. That's the working with the wood. Okay, so let's get, let's roll this back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be the most hilarious Knoxman day ever. Okay, so back to when you were having dreams, you always had nightmares. In your earliest period, do you remember having, and Actually, you know, I've started to expand this, but I'm trying to just do it in life section. So earlier you, were you able to fly in dream? Did you have like dream powers? Yeah, I I remember a little bit of flying. I do remember a little bit of flying, but definitely more falling. (laughs) Definitely more falling. There's a thing with you and falling, bridges and falling. Yeah, that is it. But I'm not really, I don't really consider myself like afraid of heights. Like Jerry says, he doesn't like to fly. I don't really mind flying all that much. And I like being on tall buildings. But in dreams, you're falling. Did you ever hit? Say that in the dreams? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think I would in, in dreams hit, but I remember more dreams of falling, like always on the ledge, a lot of ledge type dreams. And if, if I'm not fast forwarding too much, but I, I have a reoccurring stress dream all the time and I, I'm having it so less. I don't even know if I had it in the past two years. Share it with us. Well, it's where a friend calls me and says, Alex, where are you? You're going to miss the midterm. And I'm, I wake up and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm late for a test in college. And I fail that semester. And it's always the same dream over and over. You know what I mean? Whether it's a different scenario, like whether I'm in a different bed or whether it's a different classmate calling me. But it's always school. And then I also have this reoccurring dream where it's, it's so weird because I know these are different. But I haven't really had this dream in a long time either. But this dream really fucks me up the most. This dream like makes me almost want to cry when I wake up. But my senior year, I was captain of the Highland Park football team. I was a really good football player, and I, you know, I had a lot of like, you know, praise. But I ended up not having as good a season as I wanted, and we ended up losing earlier in the playoffs, and so it was really a big letdown. And I went on to, you know, play after it, but I didn't have a good career. Like it just, you know, I didn't, my college career sucked. You know, I played one semester and basically quit. But regardless of that, so my football career didn't go good and I love football, but I have this dream where like I'm suiting up and I'm playing, but it's me now with the knowledge I have now and like the strength and I'm big, even though I was like bigger then, but I'm, I'm still, it's normal. Like everybody in the dream is calling me the normal Alex, the normal 18 year old Alex. And always, whenever, like, the football's about to start, when the game's about to start, we're walking out in the tunnel. Like, I'm so happy. In my dream, my favorite thing, I'm going to get to go play football again. Like, 
oh my god like i don't want the dream to end then i wake up and it's always before the game starts i always wake up and it always sucks i'm always like oh i wish i could have played in my dream or it's always kind of like sad like that dream like makes me emotional when I have old football dreams. Those are the real ones that really fuck me. Why? So why do you think they make you emotional? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I like when I was a kid, I was so competitive and I wanted to be, I just love sports. I guess I put so much into it. I don't know. I don't know why I get emotional, but those dreams, the stress dreams, but even the old football dreams, I'm telling you, they, those are weird. I haven't really been having them lately, but I used to have them more, you know, pretty regularly, like once a month, and I'd be mad at my coaches. It was always different. It was always like football, and I'm usually always me, but I'm like in my 18-year-old body, and I have the same knowledge, but it's not like I can tell the future, you know, but I'm just me transported back then, not really having any knowledge of the future, just being live in the moment, in the dream, and it sucks when it ends. Do you feel like in general that you're in life, is this something you, do you feel like you miss out on stuff? You know, I don't have fear of missing out. I don't even try. I, I have such, I'm so antisocial that I don't even really care if I miss out on stuff. And I'm not saying that as an excuse. So I don't think I have a, like, did you re-ask the question? Did you say, do I fear of missing out on stuff? Yeah. Do you feel like, not fear, do you feel like you're missing out on stuff? Like you, you want to go and do stuff, but then it's either over or you didn't make it in time or there's a bunch of bullshit that happened that caused you not to get to where you wanted to go. Talking about in the dream? In life. Yeah, no, because I think I'd have a good life. I think I don't have a ton of responsibilities. I think I have a little bit of money saved. And I, I mean, no, I guess I'm 33. Maybe I guess I wish, I don't wish I had a wife and kids, to be honest. So that's why I don't feel like that. Like I don't even want, I, both my parents went two, through two divorce. They divorced each other, then got remarried and then divorced their other you know my stepdad and stepmom so no i don't really envy anybody getting married and and i'm not broke so i don't really i'm not like mad at where i am in my status in life that i missed out because so that i don't feel like and i, I don't feel like i'm missing out on anything i can do whatever i want i mean other than my cats i could literally go and move and do whatever the hell i want but i really just want to be near my family and take care of my cats and have a relaxing life without anxiety is what i want yeah i remembered what i was going to say before it was what to it? point out to Suzanne that you're 33. Yeah, I know, Illuminati. <laughs> you get your one, your Illuminati year. You, yeah. You're making the most of it, though. Yeah, well, so my birthday's tomorrow, so tonight at midnight, I'm 34. <sighs> I hate birthdays. Guys, I hate birthdays so much. I don't even want to get on my birthday rant. I was thinking about going live tonight, but I told myself, for my because I'm going to go live on my birthday tomorrow, I'm going to take just talk to you all and then take tonight off as my little birthday rest. Um, because I hate birthdays. I'm kind of my anti I, I mean, I'm not in a good mood about my birthday. What how do you guys feel about birthdays? I they're just another day for me. They always have been, but I like the you need to be like in a blue loincloth with a mask. Damn wait, I need wait, to get a ball my gag mask out. or I, I, get, <laughs> I gotta get back into the show. Yeah. Okay, when so she tells you to bend over, watch out. No, I, none of that. I will Cough. endeavor. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Okay, your yeah, game. No. All right. We're, we're working with show. this. I'm not, I'm not afraid to tease a little bit. I've always been known as a little bit of a tease. And I'm not going to I'm not gonna deny that. Oh, we can work with this then. I got a lot to work with. How big of a feller with. are you? Big enough. I know that. <laughs> I've always been big <laughs> enough. I know that. <laughs> All right, you two. Back to the show. All right. Back to the dreams. Yes. Back <laughs> this to the dreams. Is so funny. Okay. We've got a stand up thing going in the background. People don't realize that we're actually 
touring virtually. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, okay. <laughs> digital, digital tour. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, so when in the earlier days, you got me totally off track here, Alex. So talking about early the, dreams. Yeah. I'm talking about a what, lot of hitting in my dreams. Yeah. I was talking about superpowers in your dreams. So more falling, less flying. What about lucid dreams when you were young? Or even now, do you lucid dream? Yes, yes. And and I love a lucid dream where I'm half awake, awake, half asleep, where I can control it. But I have to say this embarrassingly, and I guess I'm just going to speak my truth because we've already been kind of perverted. Usually my lucid dreams are sexual. Oh, all right. Well, let's get into that. You know, well, you know what I my mean? favorite Usually, dreams are wet dreams, personally. Everyone and I've knows had- this. Okay. And you know, it's funny. I've never had like a ton of wet dreams, but I've had multiple wet dreams as an adult. I've had more as an adult than I had as a little kid, but that's as a younger kid, but that's probably because I was cranking it. You know what I mean? <laughs> as an adult, I don't hardly crank it. And so that's what I, like, I remember one time, so I was on this reality show, Worst Cooks in America in, in New York. In, in real life. In real life, in real life. This is a real show with Bobby Flay and Ann Burrell is on the Food Network. And uh, you go in this, you live in this house and like you compete. They get all these bad chefs and they try to get Bobby Flay and Ann Burrell. They break us up into teams and they mentor us on how to be good chefs. And then they like kick us off one by one. But what happened was this Hurricane Sandy hit and, and it slowed down production for a week. So they kept us all there. But then during that week, Ann Burrell's apartment, she had this basement apartment flooded and her cats died and she got like real depressed and couldn't work. She kept on saying she was going to work, but for like a month, like didn't show up, kept not showing up and they didn't know what to do. So they kept us in this brownstone. So I ended up staying in this house. We were bored. No girls can't leave it. I mean, we could leave it like together if they knew we were going, but I didn't have like a car. I was always with like a PA. I, I could never j- jack it. I couldn't crank it for a month. I couldn't crank it. And about three weeks in, it was so embarrassing. I woke up one morning and my freaking boxers were, were basically crusted to my leg as an, as an oh, adult, man. as a 29 year old adult. And it was the, it was the funniest thing in the world, but I've had them since, but I just remember how being so embarrassed, like having to sneak out. Cause you're in a room with other guys, you're sharing a, a you're in twin beds <laughs> with the room. And I'm like, my boxers are sticking to me. Uh, Going to a, like a basic public restroom is embarrassing. It's one of the very embarrassing. But yeah, what dream? Do you remember the dream? <sighs> no. When no. you have when you have these kinds of dreams, what is there a theme with your sexual dreams? Yeah, no, I mean it's never with a guy or anything. I mean it's always with a girl. I guess that's the thing. I'm trying to think. That's the only theme, but it's never the same girl. It's and it's usually not like a celebrity. It's usually like probably actually somebody I know usually in the dream. Oh, you know? yeah. okay. A lot of times, yes, yeah, especially. Yeah, and- like like I'll have a dream that is me and one of my exes. That's like a reoccurring dream. You know, it's not like you know uh, Anna Nicole Smith or somebody. You know, it's like a real girl that I dated. Yeah. Well, you keeping it real. I guess that's what my what's in my spank bank. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's what's going. My brain's going to, but what? So explain to me what? How? How does this happen? How does this happen? Because there's been times I've been with a girl and I I couldn't finish right. And where this is not this is an adult show, and I just couldn't for in whatever, real life or in the in, dream. In real life, there's times like like you know you could say it was alcohol or whatever, but there's you know this is the time. Oh, you were coming with whiskey dick. Were you pumping rope? I don't know what I'm saying is there's just a time there's there was a time when I, I was even with a girl and I couldn't finish, you know, for whatever reason. Okay. 
but in my dream with no girl by myself, you can make yourself finish without your hand with just your mind. What is going on? How can your brain just make you do that? It's unbelievable. Because, it, because Alex, in the end, almost all of it really is mental. I know. Even, I know. even for yeah. guys. And this is something that people don't realize. Jerry, were you going to pump in on this? Well, you know, I know it's mental because I can I can't really get off and really enjoy sex unless I have feelings for the girl. Yeah. I mean, I still can have it. But if I have feelings for the girl and somebody I love, it's so much more enjoyable. And that's like what I really crave. I don't like to have random sex. It makes me feel icky. Yeah, I'm the same way. I like that about you a lot. I like it's uh, it actually says a lot. It's tender. You're they used to call it lady hearted, not for gay, not for gay men, yeah. but lady hearted, tender hearted. I am. I am tenderhearted because I just that's just like I don't like to get spit out and chewed up by girls. Like that's kind of how it was in Los Angeles. I met I'd never dealt with that in college. I mean, I dealt in college random hookups, but like in LA I've never like met women that kind of like ate up men and I and I I encountered a couple of them, you know, like they would sleep with you, but they would be sleeping with like a couple rosters of men and like so if you got emotionally attached to them, they'd treat <laughs> they you like shit. They called a stable. Yeah, that's exactly. And that's fine. But but I as a new young and up and comer relationship newbie, you know, he didn't know that. And it kind of hurt my heart because I'm sleeping with this girl, but she doesn't have feelings for me. And I, my brain didn't know how to compute that with with a mold with a few women in LA, like two or three girls. I was kind of bummed out. I remember being like, Why won't they stop sleeping with other guys and just date me? What is wrong with me? But it was that was like a pattern. And some women are like that, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I don't I don't like to be like that. Me personally, I don't like to have a stable of girls that I call and I just get with for a moment. No, that's not. I've, I've never rolled like that either. I can't, I can't deal with it. I don't want to be in situations where I'm misleading. That's like, yeah. and plus I'm, I've always been really, I guess it's so funny. I've always been really fearful of any kind of nastiness you can get from sex. So unfortunately I never did. So I don't like the idea of STDs at all. Yeah. Especially And condoms are annoying. Sex is annoying now. They've annoyed oh, sex. I'm no, I'm just saying, I mean, you have to wear condoms, <laughs> but I'm just saying sex, they've always made it annoying now. You know, they're making everything annoying. They can ruin everything. Wait, you can bear back, but you have to have your mask on. <laughs> Well, if we know each other, if I've been seeing you for a minute, you know that condom's going to go away really fast. I said bareback, but you better have yeah. that mask on. Yeah, of course. I'll wear the mask. I'll wear the mask. Okay. It's like the difference is trying to explain to a girl, well, being naked with knee-high stockings is sexier than just being totally naked. It's hard to explain why that's hard. Oh, yeah. I'm all about the veils. I love that. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's let's go back to earlier you and so you were having a lot of erotic dreams and they were playing out is this before you actually realized you could masturbate in real life as a kid yes i had erotic dreams before i could knew i could masturbate in real life for sure did you know what was going on in the dream yeah like sexually no because i remember i can still remember my first real erection that i remember having i was watching teen wolf with, with uh, uh uh what's his name um guy uh, uh michael j fox and yeah. i remember seeing the girl with her bra and i remember telling my mom like mom what is going on i remember <laughs> i told my mom <laughs> yes That's so cute i love that yeah well, i can remember so so yes like i remember i didn't know what was going on but and then you had a dream what i'm saying is like i it's like anything would get me aroused so like maybe even like uh looking at the sears 
ad of a girl and you know grandma's lingerie would give me so I, yeah. that's what i'm saying in my dreams i don't think i was like penetrating sex no i was probably just kissing or like looking at a bra isn't this common for guys like i thought i always like finding the even the jc penny's lingerie section or you know the gold was the Victoria's Secret, Secret. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty common for boys to like really. That was like the material. That is common, but nowadays it's really perverted. That's the sexualization of our children now with the internet, where kids can look up hardcore porn. Because I was oh, right. It's terrible. Yeah, that's all bad. Yeah. I was right on that cusp because I had internet right when I was in sixth grade. But I had 56K and, and I, I, mean, I did look up a little bit of porn, I remember then, but I didn't look up a bunch. Like it was, it was different. It wasn't videos, it didn't have videos. So like you look up Pamela Anderson's tits, it wasn't as perverted as it is now, not even close. And I'm not saying it was good back then, but it was much different. So by the time like the internet got real, I remember still looking at Playboy magazines and stuff basically till I got to college. Yeah, well, bless your heart, darling. I like this about you. <laughs> Yeah. it's uh okay so back to so when you were having this kind of when you have neurotic dreams and all that was that the focus so you have neurotic dreams and then you're having all these kind of high anxiety dreams as well at the same time yeah i would say sadly i'm having gosh <laughs> now i look back what a pervert a little kid i'm having like sexual <laughs> dreams and nightmares are the only two ones i can remember i really like it's a younger dreams i remember a lot of the nightmares and i remember sexual dreams yeah so what i forgot and i cannot recall this i i cannot even recall if we talked about it were you raised catholic or anything no i wasn't raised really religious at all no, i mean my mom you know talked about god and my mom you know believed in god but no didn't make it you didn't have like that guilt associated no with zero guilt whatsoever Okay, because that's a good thing to get out of the way when we're talking about your unconscious and the dreams and stuff. It it can, you know, it's actually very significant. When when you started developing more, and I wanted to get deeper into the lucid dreams, how, okay, so first of all, how did you first discover what a lucid dream was? How did the, the first moment we realized oh man i'm dreaming i'm in a dream and i'm awake do you recall that or do you recall just the general period when that was starting to happen i can't remember the first one but i remember like i i i feel like i think the first time i had a lucid dream though was with a nap but i don't remember what it was but i feel like the first time that makes a lot of sense by the way yeah but i, I remember the first time being a nap but i can't even kind of remember when or what it was but i remember being a nap and remember like waking in and up and being able to kind of control the dream and being like, this is badass. This is kick ass. But I remember being younger, but not that young. Like I was basically an adult, a young adult. Probably like yeah. 17, 18, probably the first time I think I'm having a lucid dream where I could control it. And so when you say control it, what were you doing to control it? Well, I'm saying like lucid, like I was half awake, but still dreaming. You know what I mean? I don't know how to other, like I was in control of my body, but still kind of dreaming at the same time. I couldn't really, I don't think I could control the narrative, maybe a little bit in the dream, but I, I, I remember there's times where I wanted to control a dream more, if that makes sense. Yeah. Were you, did you ever get to the point where you could do that? Yeah. I mean, I've had it on and off where I've been able to control a little bit of the dream, 
Honestly, I have, but but it's not a common thing. But yeah, there's been times where I've been able to control dream, and it was sexual. So uh, <laughs> I was. <laughs> yes. yes. Looping, looping back. <laughs> I know, and I'm not trying to get sexual, guys. I know this isn't a sexual show, but we're talking about dreams. No, we ta- it's all tied in, Alex. Don't apologize. No, and and, and everyone knows I love talking about wet dreams and sexual dreams. Yeah, well, it's an interesting topic. But yes, I mean, I, for, for me, the lucid dreams, I remember like being like half awake and half asleep and like kind of like moving my hands and like in my dream kind of feeling the breast. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What else? I mean everything else i mean i don't know if i felt like i was inserting myself in a woman but uh you know i felt i was hot and bothered i had the emotions i had the you know blood pressure was spiking <laughs> oh my goodness this might be my favorite nox ever. you like that one wow you're really you know i love and i'm not I've always people have always said I was funny, but I know when somebody laughs like that and they can't stop laughing, like you're just doing that makes my heart sink. Because you try to talk for one second, you kind of have to keep laughing. So I love when you laugh. That's my favorite. I love to make people laugh, but I'm being serious. Sadly, right now I'm being dead serious. I wish I was teasing. I'm being as complete as serious as a heart attack right now. I know you are. That's that's what makes it so extra endearing. Endearing. So all right, when in the dreamscape. How do you experience it? Is it color? Are you able to read in there? Are you able to smell? We know you can touch. I definitely can touch. Um, can I read? And can I? Yes, because I've had food. Yes, I can read. I can do everything in a dream. I can do. Really? Yeah, I don't think there's anything I can't do in so a dream. So think about when you've encountered script of some sort, like a book or poster or something. All right. Can you get a visual of that in a dream right now? Yeah, because I feel like in a dream I've seen clues. So I don't know how much of a script that is, but like I feel like I've seen stuff that was, you know, small, minutia type stuff in my dream that maybe not a script, but God, I'm just trying to think right now. Let's, my dreams have been really a lot more pleasurable in the last few years, but um, it sounds like they were all pretty pleasurable except for. No, I've had it. I'm telling you, Nish, I had a, I have a nightmare problem. I had a nightmare problem so bad where I, um, this is like 2016. I went and saw my general practitioner and got some antidepressants and took freaking Lamictal for like, uh, you know, six weeks. And I felt terrible after that and never took an antidepressant again, but I was having that bad of nightmares. I was literally having nightmares where it was almost every other night. But I think now looking back, I was drinking and partying. And I mean, I wasn't a drug addict. I wasn't drinking every single night, but I just had a poor lifestyle. And so that was probably just, it was exponential. You know, that's why my dreams probably got exponentially bad because I was exponentially not taking care of myself. When, so let's talk about that for a minute, Alex. When you were having those, it that took you to the point of getting meds for it. Do you remember any of the themes around those bad dreams in specific? Yeah, I'm telling you, a lot of those, you know, some of those zombie dreams, some of those scary dreams, but a lot of stress dreams, like, you know, you didn't, you know, why didn't you show up to the exam? You're late, you're going to get an F, like the teacher's not going to let you retake it. And I'm always like waking up late. Or, you know, um, I want to hear about the zombies. Well, I mean, just dreams where I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, 
let's say I'm in a room and then I get just tra- this. You know what? Some of the scariest dreams I've ever had. This is a weird. This is some of the nightmares I had, and it'd be so stupid. So I'd be in the dream. Let's say I'm being in the woods, right? And in the dream, I'm standing there all by myself in the woods, and, and it's dark. And in front of me, there's like a can. Let's just say there's just something, an object that doesn't belong in the woods. And then in the dream, I turn around and then I turn back to where I was looking and the thing's gone and I wake up so fucking scared. Interesting. Have you ever heard of that? Well, yeah, that that actually makes sense to me. Were you usually lucid for those? Kinda, I believe. Yes, uh, I believe I probably was half lucid for those dreams. But those dreams—that's some of the most scary dreams, where it'll be just something. There will be no monster. There'll be nothing. But like there'll be like an object there. I turn around. And I look back, and it's just gone. And I'm just like, yeah. well, I wake up like, <gasps> like, oh, like, like out of breath almost. It's scary. Well, that's—I mean, usually that's one of the cues that you are dreaming that when stuff like that happens it's a big deal and you know it's interesting with you and the lucid and all this it seems like you're you're really there and there's all this cueing to get you deeper into the idea of waking within the dream and it's like you just don't like there's other stuff that's interfering and that's where i want to talk about with some of the monsters in your more modern dreams be, before obviously you're in a calm down period now but i want to look at some of these scary monsters and the reason i want to look at them is because i'm actually trying to put together some overlay with other dreamers on uh collective unmining collective dreams that overlap with stuff that's going on in the public right now so monsters are very common Currently. Well, when I say monsters, I, I would almost say it's more like clandestine figures, you know, like a hooded person or like, you know, or, you know, like kind of like a zombie, like almost looks like yes. a normal yeah. person. So not somebody that looks like a, you know, 10 foot tall cockroach. More no, no, like, no. But know. the zombies are really popping up is what I'm saying. Yeah, because I guess I loved Walking Dead. I mean, I, I, I loved freaking all those zombie movies from 2005. What's my favorite one where they're in the mall? What's that? Uh, uh. What's that one called? Dawn of the Dead. That's one of my favorite movies as a kid. So I've really always liked zombie, uh, that genre. So that probably makes sense that that's in my subconscious. Well, it's a psychologically rich symbol. It's very, it's very uh, primal and speaks a lot about social engineering. There's, I mean, we could just dissect it all day and it, and it makes sense. And of course it's been seated in the collective a lot in the last decade. So there's a reason that it's in there and there's good reasoning that that's why people are dreaming it. But then we look at how the world has turned in this last year and there's a lot of zombie-like behavior. And this is not getting into any woo where people are, there's just a lot of uh, mindless Everybody's stuff. Everybody's a zombie. Everybody's Everyone's a zombie. going crazy and there's a lot of mindlessness and there's a lot of pointing fingers and yelling and craziness there's everything's kind of unhinged and everything feels unstable and so we we have in the outer world this environment that's very conducive to what could be going on in our in our personal internal worlds that are playing into this collective narrative and so that's why i'm looking at this overlap but ironically, well, 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 you're well, not having bad dreams these days. No, during this, this during, 
Thank goodness. Thank God. My dreams were so bad. That's why I was so interested in coming to the show. My dreams were so, and I'm not saying my life was even that bad. I probably did suffer from normal depression. I'd say my depression is way better now, but, but my dreams were so regularly nightmarish that I would not even get that much sleep at night. I'd always have to take a nap. That's how bad they were. Did you, when you got on the meds, did it take away your dreams at all? Or did you continue to dream? I kind of remember dreaming on those. And I remember having unpleasant dreams on the Limicdal. That's why I got off it really fast. I remember it didn't really change my dreams. I remember it might even made my dreams more intense from what I remember. How did it affect you otherwise from, you know, in general? Did it change? I was never... I was never suicidal ever taking that. I was thinking of like suicide idealization, kind of like, oh man, if I was just dead, I wouldn't have to deal with this. I'd just be, you know, and I would never had thought of that before. And that medicine made me think like that. So mm, that was a big red flag. Yes. Side effect, death. <laughs> yeah. Or wanting to die. That's even worse. I mean, I mean that's not worse than dying, but it's close. I mean, a pill that you give people that are depressed that makes them think about their suicide even more. I just don't understand the logic in that. So with, and so still at this point in your life, you don't have any dreams where you're flying. Is it still just a falling thing or how do you get from one point to another? In my dreams? Yeah. Because, you know, it's funny you say that because I always think of like Dwight Schrute in the office in his second life. And there's a video, I remember, I don't know if you ever saw that game second life, but in that game you fly around like that. I, like if, yeah. I played second life for a minute. I loved it. Yeah, you remember? So you kind of fly around. I don't, I never had dreams where you fly around like that. I mean, I've had dreams where I've flown, but that was just, that wasn't like a regular thing. It wasn't as regular as the freaking, you're going to fail the test dream. I mean, I've had that dream over a hundred times, probably. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to figure out how you get from one scenario to another right now, your movement within. I walk in my dreams. Really? Yeah. So you you don't just pop in, you don't can. Can no, I can like home? walk. I can open a door and walk and be in a totally different place in the dream. Mm-hmm. Like, because I've had dreams where it's like that, where like I'm in my house and then I open a door and I'm in a totally different place. Interesting. And what about, also, what about the idea of dreaming true? Do you ever dream events before they happen? No, I've never had any sort of clairvoyant dreams but i've had dreams that felt so real um that i've woke up and i was so like gosh you know another weird dream i've had i hate to say this i hope this doesn't make me sound like a creep but have you ever had a dream where like you murdered somebody and you tried to hide it up and you got like you're all stressed out in the dream have you ever had that dream dude i used to have recurring nightmares like jerry Yeah, Jerry, that's what I'm saying. I had a nightmare like that. And and I've had it recurring. And it's it's like, I never really remember killing the person, but in the dream, I always have to try to cover it up. I'm always trying to cover it up. I I don't ever remember the death. I always, always had to charged. move the body. Always had to yeah, move the body. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hey, that's basically what the dream was, moving the body. Yep. I never remember, but like, I never, I would, I would be like in my car with a dead body and be like, oh shit, I, I don't ever remember killing anybody in the dream, but I've had multiple times. What is that, Jerry? And I, and I don't know to call my dad. I don't know who to call in the dream. It's so fucking scary. <laughs> Mine was even worse because I never actually saw the body. I just knew there was one buried in my basement. I always had to move it, but I never, <laughs> I never moved it in my dream. It was always just moved in my next dream. It was in this new house, in this new basement. Now, had, when when was this, Jerry? How like your age range? Ten years ago, fifteen years ago. 
this is i love that you two have this in common yeah i've had the dream where like it, the dream was so intense i buried the body and the dream went on where i was like trying to like worry that they were going to find it that's it's it. weird isn't I, that weird it's i think what it's uh i kind of chalked it up to suppressed guilt or some kind of uh something some kind of secret that you're holding or hiding yeah that does probably make sense but everybody has secrets i mean i don't know how big the thing is really and truly i don't know what my deepest darkest secret if i told you this right now i don't even think you'd be like that's that big of a secret i mean i don't really want to say it but i honestly don't really have that personally i don't think i have a bunch of secrets that i you know my mom was you know one you know a self-induced coma from drugs that's probably my most embarrassing things that i don't tell people but I don't have a lot of real secrets. Uh, you don't have to divulge stuff like that. I know. Well, my mom's great now. She got clean and she's, she's great now. But yeah, yeah, that was pretty traumatic. I mean, that's one of the worst things that most people wouldn't say. But like, I, I really don't ha- don't think I'm hiding secrets. I try to be actually live my I actually feel like ever since the last couple of years, too, is owning my life has made me a lot less depressed and or not depressed at all is, is just owning it, you know, not having secrets and kind of just, you know, even if I'm embarrassed about something that can't change it, you just got to own it. I think that's made my life a lot better. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's a matter of you needing to express, just be who you are. Sometimes I think dreams like that are, it doesn't have to be secrets. It doesn't have to be repression. It's just that you haven't come into a full expression of who you are. And sometimes it's not even knowing who you are at that point and needing that kind of shedding of the skin you know i think we all have identity issues for sure because i mean do we ever really know i mean when do we feel i guess i feel comfortable in my skin but do you ever really know yourself because why i say that is is i've self-sabotaged myself so many times in my life that even though my life's going good i always kind of worry that i could accidentally self-sabotage myself again so that's i know that's a weird thought but uh, do you ever have that thought Maybe that's where that dream is caused by that thinking. Self-sabotage? Like that I'll accidentally, like maybe I'll get successful on the radio or, you know, with a show and then I'll say the N-word and I'll get canceled or something. You know what I mean? I'm worried. I'm just worried. Or, or you know, I'll, I'll become successful and then I'll become a, a crack addict and ruin my life. I always worry about that. Sometimes not having control. Well, that plays into the dreams you were talking about earlier with like the sports arena and get, getting there and then it's not happening like you missed it or something i mean this seems to be a theme for sure yeah. and that's why i was asking you earlier i think my life is has a lot of themes there's a lot of themes in correlation with you know my life well this is why we dig into dreams but there's more in there so i want to i want to do okay so let's add into the mix what do you feel about things that are non-human so inanimate objects mm. <laughs> well i'm kind of Entities. like a baby hoarder yeah, uh, so <laughs> well, well, well i'm saying i do attach and my dad's a little worse than me he puts uh, emotional attachment into inanimate things so basically hoarding and i do that a little bit like i have a, <laughs> i have stuff that most people would consider trash that you know that i have some sort of emotional attachment to so i respect inanimate things well, I'm think I love and I love inanimate things too, but I'm thinking more like uh, the idea of other. So, like maybe things. Yeah, I believe there yeah. are. I believe there's other spiritual things. Like my my buddy Clark Gable, he uh, 
he was the host of cheaters and he died of a drug overdose you know that's kind of when i changed my life too and i feel like there's times when i can literally feel him yeah Have i mean had- literally feel him like i just i can almost it's like you know that's that's one of the times it makes me believe in god or makes me believe in the afterlife more than anything because there's just like some sort of mood or something and maybe i'm just you know self-manifesting all this stuff it literally feels like i can feel him and that you know he can hear feel what i'm saying okay so in in the dream realm have you encountered him at all or has this just been just kind of i guess been awake i don't think i've had a dream with clark in it and when i say encounter i'm like i could just feel like i like the wind will blow and i'm like I can just feel Clark's energy in yeah. the the freaking ether. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I feel like his eyes are upon me. It's not like, hey, Clark, what's up? And he's like, hey, Alex. I just, I like feel like his spirit. So, yes, I do feel like there are entities. And, and I feel like I felt that way with other people, but not as strong with my friend Clark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with you on this. What about in your, in in the dream realm? Have you encountered people you know that are dead or people in while you're in the dream you know that they're not living ghosts i guess i i feel like i want to say no because i don't think i've had really dreams with my grandmother or dead people i mean that i knew i don't no i don't think i have and i probably have and i'm saying no because i just can't remember but yeah, i don't think i have what about aliens and et kind of that situation Cryptids, no, not- all that you know, not, I mean, not a lot of aliens. No, like, like I was saying earlier, one of the scariest dreams. Jerry's be, got something there. Oh, yeah. Well, Jerry. Go ahead and finish. I wanted to. Oh, well, I'm saying not a lot of aliens, but like one of the scariest dreams, I'm telling you, it's so weird. It's more like Blair Witch Project type dreams, or like, you know, the person's crawling out of the TV, or like you said, there would be like a, a knife in the woods, and then I turn around and I look back right where the knife was, and it's gone, and I wake mm-hmm. up scared. Like, that's a lot of that type of scary dreams. Jer? I forgot what I was going to say. God damn it. Dude. Oh, man, Jerry. <laughs> what were we no, talking it's... about? <laughs> on the woods, dreams, uh, nightmares. Uh, <laughs> it's funny how we have a similar dream like that, Jerry. That means there's so many other I didn't. Ha- it wasn't dreams. a similar thing. You you said something before that that caught my attention, but I forgot what it was. With the cryptids and the... Oh, not you, aliens, I, I remember yeah. what I was going to say. It's that you're not a big believer in space. Yeah, but I, I was majority of my life. So I mean, it was I. Was, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I mean, no, I was never into space aliens. I was never into Star Trek or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just was never, I was always thought space and stars were cool, but I've never been into science fiction. I could just never get into it for some reason. Because it's all fake. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, 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 I just I, wanted to bring that up. I just, I was reminded of uh, your shows with like Jaron and Dave. Globusters. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe in space and I don't believe we're on a spinning ball either, but I don't know what we're on. I just don't believe we're on a moving rock flying through space, you know, 66,600 miles an hour around the sun. No, we're, we're, we're in a holodeck, dude. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they say we're in a simulation. I, so I'm starting to almost thinking, you know, the people, the religious people are getting mad at me. I'm almost thinking that there's multiple universes that God created, like, and we're just one of them. And the reason he creates us is because we're his entertainment. I mean, what else is he going to do? He grows us like we grow weed or something. I mean, what the heck? I mean, you know, or, I mean, it's more than that, but he needs to have something to do. And we are his play toys. It's like, you know, humans are the sexual organs of robots. So we're going to create, I'm serious. That, that's a smarter person than me created that. So we're going to turn robots into like <laughs> theoretically try to take us over. 
So I'm just saying God probably just kind of created us just for fun. Like, you know, he just wanted to do something. He's like, he's like the sexual organs of humans in a way or of creation. If he's real. Yeah, if he's real. But I, I just, I, I don't like to think that, I, I, I mean, it's not that I don't like to think. I just find it very hard to believe that I came from a monkey that came from a fish that grew a penis and had sex with another fish. I mean, and I don't care how many million years ago, by. I don't think a fish can turn into a monkey and turn into me. I just, I find really, I find that theory impossible. Right. Have you been on cruise on mistake? No. Dude, you are exactly perfect material. This feels like a cruise on mistake episode. No, it doesn't. It does. It does uh, a little not 15 bit to people me. talking at once. No, but I mean, outside of that, it does to me. Like, at least when I'm on it, you know, and we're going, we're going at it. Um. So yeah, let's get back to the dreams. I'm, I'm looking. Well, for, I it's, love all, it's all it's all connected. Is, it's all connected, and that's the thing people forget and and get tripped out when they want to come and just have the hardcore dream talk. And we have lots of that, but it is all connected. Everything is connected, and so all this outer world stuff is certainly rooted into all the inner space, our dreams, and so. It's just different ways of interacting with different people. But so with the with dreams currently, what are your dreams like now? I would say my dreams are pretty pleasant and that they're not as visual or as intense. But is there a way and and I usually have better dreams, like more positive dreams, but is there a way it needs to make yourself have more lucid dreams? I know that's probably a general question, but like, I kind of miss that I'm not having those lucid dreams. Is that weird? Oh, no. I think yeah. you should strive for more of them. Yeah, how do you do that? What's a way of striving for more lucid? I mean, how do you increase that? Or is it just luck? Like, what no, what causes it? It's not luck. It's not luck at all. You work at it. And a, a lot of things, there are so many different ways out there to do it. Our, our friend Kristen Lang, friend of the show, and my friend is taking, oh, geez. She's going to tell me somewhere. Uh -huh. uh, Ian, there's this cool, oh, Lord, I wish I had this information up. I'll get it to you, Alex. I'll get yeah. it to you because she's cool. loving it. And she, if she's out in the chat, Kristen, please put in what you're doing right now uh, with the lucid dream training. And it's. Oh, wow. So she's a lucid dream trainer. Hey, Nish, what have you thought about the idea that when you sleep and you're in REM sleep, that that's your soul going somewhere else and having a different experience? Oh, I like that you're turning this on me. I do. Okay, so I'm a believer in the idea of the soul and the spirit, personally. And I am also, my table's big, and there are a lot of things on the table. So for me to kick something off, a theory off, it has to literally be dust and and i've tried and it's not working so that theory i pull up to alex i have had dreams where i lived a whole lifetime in a dream and i woke up it, it, and i it, was sad and i was mourning oh i've had dreams where i'm so sad after where i was real i was like oh i wish i was real where i was famous or not even famous where i was just successful i don't remember ever having a dream actually where i was actually famous but i remember having dreams like just having a great life. You're right, but I don't think I live the whole life. So when you have a dream that you live a whole life, is it an hour long? Is it your eight hour nighttime dream? What, how do, the, what manifests well, that dream? That's the idea. The construct of time is very, 
strange in reality, let alone when we get down into the idea of the other points of consciousness, which we swim within. And that would be, say, one realm is the dream realm or the psyche, the unconscious realm. And it time is way different in there. You know that. So, yes, I can have a dream of a whole lifetime in that amount of space. I can also get up and go to the bathroom and come back and usually enter back into a dream. It doesn't always happen. But I'm one of those people that can do that. I can do that too sometimes, not all the time, but I can, I can kind of go tinkle in the middle of the night. And if the dream is really good, I can kind of, I can get back into it. I love when I can do that. That's the best ever. You know what? You have a higher chance of getting lucid by doing that. And one of the tricks to lucidity is actually getting up for 15 minutes or so and not going to the computer, staying away from screens, and then going back to bed. And you say you nap. Naps are like, naps are where I have the best lucid dreams are naps. Well, what's the, well, you know, they say it's different sleep schedules for everybody, but what is the proper amount of sleep that a human being needs? Is it eight hours, 10 hours? I know where this isn't a medical show, and I know this is about dreams, but I just wonder how much that affects your dreams, like by, you know, with lack of sleep, you have high cortisol, like, how much how much sleep do you need for optimum dreams i i don't have again i don't have a clear answer for that because i'm a case by case person and for yeah. me there've been times in my life where i needed a lot of sleep and then there've been times when i didn't need very much and so it changes i know that they you know we know that the standard answers if we can believe anything we're told you know, there's that breakdown body healing amount of time. And I think that needs at least six hours for your body to, you know, your insulin, everything to reset. This is why, like, say, uh, fasting is good for you because okay. your systems are down. I right? was just about to say this. The last time I remember having such a lucid dream, it was the freaking, I was doing a, I did the longest fast. I mean, not, yeah, I guess it was a five day, the longest fast I've ever did. And my dreams were so lucid that the show was playing. It was the um, the Johnny Versace killer. Remember that guy that like, went away in Miami? And this was the mini series that it was on like Netflix or something. Yeah, I and didn't I rem- watch it, but I remember. Well, but that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't, I mean, I remember having it on. And in my dream, I was basically in the show. It was the most lucid dreams I've ever had. It's funny you say that fasting. And that was during a fast. I was just about to say that when I was fasting, I had the, and I would get up, I remember getting up and peeing a lot and going back to sleep and getting back in the dream. And in the dream, I was like in Miami and I wasn't that person, but like whatever was going on, the, the sounds of the show and stuff were incorporated in my dreams. And I was heavily fasting on ketosis, in ketosis, running on ketones, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Oh, this brings up another question. So how, when you're in your dreams, how are you experiencing them? Are you omniscient? Are you behind the eyes? Where, what point of reference do you behind have? the eyes? Behind the eyes, yeah, yeah. And then, as a second life player, uh, you know, that's one of the things that's great about second life is you have those options as well. And I always play second life from behind the eyes, yeah. Well, do that's you? how that you, I mean, I only played second life for a little bit, but but I think I played, I didn't play second life behind the eyes, I played the second life from like third, you know, looking at the whole body, the omniscient, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Well, the only reason I bring in Second Life, because I, I played for a year and it was addicting. Yeah, I played uh, for like a month. It was addicting. I played for it in college, but I got, I mean, you played for a year, so you really got into it. 
I, oh my God, I was super into it. But you know why I was into it? Because of the analogy of, of how psychologically rich and deep it was that played into points of consciousness, uh, other realms of being, and how it was actually affecting my dreams in real life. And it was the first thing to do that. It was so new. Everybody wanted to see what it was like. It really affected my dreams, though. Like, I can't tell you. So there's a lot of woo I could go into, but just on on the dream level, it 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 permeated into this world and into my dreams. So I started to dream I was the characters I had created in Second Life. With my first one looked like me. It's ironic, you know. I made it. I made her look like me, and she still has a Facebook page, which is funny because I'm not on Facebook, but Nishka sure is, and uh, and I have no access to it, but she's out there. And uh, so I started to play with different characters then, and I would dream from their perspective. And I started to really see this crazy, really enriching way in which I was becoming more lucid in my day life. And when I would go into second life, it felt almost like I was entering a dream in the way I would sleep. And so I, I actually kept a journal the whole time. I was actually doing it wow. in a way where I was experimenting with points of consciousness, Alex. Wow. Well, well people say the dream journal is you, which you have to have to have the good dream. So was yours, was your journal more for a dream journal or was it overall just a normal journal? It was an observation in trying to understand my psyche within the collective conscious as overlaid on a digital platform and in in a in a real sim which was second life because second life really mirrors this life you have to have a job there you're poverty upon the you know every time you log in you're in that like room where people could be doing anything to your body and stuff so you know i stripped i did all kinds of stuff there that was fun on second life i never went to the strip you could strip on second life that's awesome I oh honey that. there's worlds within worlds within worlds so i did everything and i in there are rules in each world and it's just like this and i had to make money to not be a pauper on the street because they can you you know you can't get maimed in there and if you spend money on your avatar it's a big deal and you can and if you get maimed would your avatar be all maimed the arm would be yes right and you have to replace your skin and all this stuff there's a whole bunch of stuff those how would you make money other than being a pauper remember there are lindens in there it's got a cryptocurrency so i know people that make life in make real money in second life still pull, to this day yes that they pull out of second life and support themselves with so they yeah, i like know people would make art within it yeah they'd make art and sell the art clothing and, yeah, yeah. and skin and hair and everything and tricking and all the stuff that you do in real life and so i was interested in how that dynamic played out as far as points of consciousness it, it really it really affected me and it was a fruitful exercise that soon became addictive and that was part of my analysis in the end was how addictive it was how easy it felt like one could escape their aka real life or you know air quotes and get into second life and you'd still have the same you still had to pay for you know all this stuff you still have these same stakes but then you had the freedom of being 
who you wanted. So if you wanted to be a troll, you could be a troll. I had a I had an avatar that was a doll. And one of my favorite friends was a dog and he would run around with me and stuff like that. So I had my normal Nishka character and she was like, you know, I mean, she, you know, people are like, oh, she even looks like you. And I, it's just so funny that that would, and this was in my analysis when I first set it up, why would I, I could be anything I wanted, just like in a dream, I could be anything I wanted. And my first impulse was to go with artifice of myself to make it a mirror image as close as possible to me in real in this life in this perceived life and i did that there and then i moved from that to you know i had a whole creole character and i had the doll and i had a, i had <laughs> did you say creole like character mm -hmm, i had a that's creole funny. character that's funny. and i had um there's a blade runner sim in there all mine in my my bio i called tyrell you know they were i mean sure they were they had this backstory of being <laughs> you were uh, really replicants into well yeah, Nishka, said, listen I'm, the problem with second life though now and i'm, I'm actually pro it that they've developed a society of children now where their second life is more important than their first life well this was part of my analysis alex i mean that's why i wasn't this is all of what i was doing i was analyzing how this was affecting my real life yeah did you and, ever feel it was more important than your real yes, life? yes i couldn't wait so i was in school at the time here in portland at pcna and i couldn't wait to get home to my to second be, life yeah i thought about it and then there was a point when i i started well, playing it at school on break yeah well you know you know where that's really bad is world of warcraft for people i have a friend who you know plays it and now that's his that's his life is and that's cool i mean i guess i mean I'm not going to, if anybody wants to freaking wear lipstick and a dress and, you know, I'm, I'm saying anybody wants to do anything, that's their right. But I can tell that he cares, I think, more about his World of Warcraft than anything else. Well, and, and I wrote that in my analysis in the end. It was, you know, I mean, I went in with this. I, I do, I'm one of those curious people and I'll get it. I'll find myself all over the place doing weird things. And that was just one of those things that I got involved in and uh, it, it was, it, and at, at the end of the day, for me, everything is about exploration of consciousness. So it may seem vacuous looking at it sometimes, uh, you know, even when I was belly dancing and stuff, it's like, how can I belly dance and find my way into a state of ecstasis or ecstatic experience through the act of doing that movement or, uh, you know, it, it just is all overlapping. And that was one of the things that felt more addictive to me than anything I've ever had that was addictive. Although, and I'm not, I wouldn't tell me that was the most addictive thing you probably ever were addicted to. So I'm, I'm, yeah, wow. I'm prefacing this with, I'm not, I don't have an addictive personality. So, so yeah, so it's not normal for you to get addicted. See, I have, and I don't know if I was surprising. Yeah. And why was I addicted? Because it started to permeate realities for me. It started to be very video drone. I can see that. I mean, I'm a person that does get addicted to stuff. I'm not really like drugs, but you know, I, I like, I like a, if I'm healthy, I, what I'm saying is I have a hyper focus issue. So, you know, if I get into something, I like to hyper-focus and then it can kind of take over my life. But Second Life, it, uh, that was never, it never gave me enough pleasure. But it sounds like 
for you that you did get a lot of pleasure from it. And it actually sounds like it was beneficial and positive from my understanding of what you're saying. It wasn't because I, it was taking over my real life and, and my real life is fine. And there was no, I'm like, wasn't trying to escape or anything. And that's what, what I, you know, I was writing this down. That's what I found disturbing and it was it, just fun they they, they gamified uh, where you can be anything so they kind of trick you into wanting to live that artificial life right but on that deeper level i really then that's at the point that was at the point when i started to question the reality we consider this and that this really started to look more like a sim than i'd never really entertained <sighs> that until second life Nishka, oh my gosh, I have to say this, Nish, listen. I was a young kid who's always played this video game in Madden, and if you, you'd play franchise mode where you could like pick the players and coach, and it'd always be like simulate games, simulate games, because you'd want to simulate the games and not have to play them so you could go in your franchise years and years and years in advance. Like, you know, instead of being like the 2021 20, team, you can be like the 2035 team if you simulate it. And so, so I didn't play many video games. I just remember that as a kid, like teaching me video games, from that as a kid, now correlating with what I know now, it almost makes you think we're in a simulation so much more. I mean, the, the idea yeah. of, of the reality that we're currently living being real blows my mind. I'm not saying we're in a simulation, but God, everything seems so weird. I think our timeline of events are, are wrong. I mean, the world is so upside down. It almost wouldn't blow my mind if somebody told me I was plugged into a computer somewhere and I couldn't control that huge physical body. And this is just what I felt. And this is just the life I was living. Can you take that and move it into the idea of other points of consciousness where you are? And this is why the dream idea is very tangible because everyone does it and we all experience it. So we have a, a collective point of reference for it. And in this point of reference, we have the idea of I'm not in, I'm not living this life I think is real, but I'm having real dream experiences and I'm having them so real. I'm talking about normal people that are not doing OBEs and not very lucid, just a normal person that has dreams here and there. You can you can crack that nut by pulling up this narrative of dreaming. You are you, but you are not you. And yet that's your body. You're not in your body, but you're somewhere else. And so it's an easy inroad to get deep into the psychological functioning. And once we get into that area, into the psyche, into the unconscious, into the darkness of self, then we can go anywhere from there. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, but how do we get there? I mean, we're so we get not... there because you do it anyway, Alex. Yeah. And so we already tell ourselves, see, we talk ourselves out of it like yeah. you do. Yeah. Talk yourself out of it. I always talk myself. Why do I second guess? I always second guess a lot of stuff. I talk myself out of a lot of stuff. And that's why I think in these dreams, when I go back, I have the knowledge that I have now. That's what like, I, I would almost want more than anything. When they give you that, uh, that option, like, would you rather want your current life with $10 million or all the knowledge you have now and you can start as a baby? I'd always want to go back and start over again with the knowledge I have. Forget the money. Um, because yeah. I feel like I could make a lot more money and do, you know, because I second guess stuff. If I had the, 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 if I knew the grass was greener on that other side, I would know which decision to make. So, so yeah. when you're dreaming, do you second guess too? Does that follow you into there? Are you reacting? How are you moving against, 
uh, narrative in your dream? I feel like no, in the dream, I go more with my gut, but I don't think there's enough of a, you know, if I can actually put my finger on that, like if I'm second guessing myself in dreams, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm hesitant in dreams. I think I'm actually pretty, actually, I, I think I'm the opposite. I think in dreams, I like know more what's going on than I really know what's going on. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, Like in a dream, I know, it, I know where I'm at, but I really don't looking back, I had no idea where I'm at, but in the dream, I'm familiar. I'm not like second guessing, like everything seems more natural usually in my dreams. What, what gives you the idea that this is not real? You know, it's funny you say that because I've had so many dreams where I woke up and I was happy that it was a dream because the dream felt so real. So I feel like I, if I have the ability to dream where it is almost you know, not undetectable from a real life experience other than waking up. What gives you the idea that this is this state of reality now is, is real. real. Is how I'm not dreaming. You know, it's funny because I always think about this, the same thing, the existential thought. It's like, well, when does your dream loop start? You know, when you wake up in the morning, but how do I know this isn't a dream? And I wake up and I'm a little baby, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'd like to say I'm real because I'm pinching myself. I'm slapping myself. But no, I mean, because all of a sudden I wake up right now and I'm that's a possibility. That's blows my mind to think about. But yeah, well, and then it's the same idea with these points of consciousness, like these memories you have the memory of the hair salon with your mama when you were little. How do you know that's even a real memory yeah no it might not be i mean wow i could have just manifested that myself knowing what i went through as a kid or knowing what my mom's been through i mean you're 100 percent right i mean you can almost create these realities through false memories i think that's definitely possible well and think about it right now with the tech we have you can you can actually so this is a, not going into deep programs or anything this is you can create you get on photoshop you can create some memories fake memories with a baby you whatever you can create yeah. in video you can make all kinds of weird video that's not you but it's you yeah deep and fakes there's all kinds of all, manipulation of, all of that and then insert that somehow into into your world say into your dream life in a way through repetition and frequency music uh and then you can well it's funny you say take that on take on those created memories that you yourself created and think they are real this stuff's being done now this yeah. is separate from programs when they were doing it to people you can well, but let me just yourself. say this one thing they have technology where they can play music and you don't need headphones or anything you can be far away from it and you can hear the music in your head oh yeah i'm this is what i'm talking about yeah. so why yeah. are we so sure why are we so certain that the rules of this reality the theories of the rules of this reality stand as they are why why are we so certain that this reality is what this reality is the way we're told it is because look at how everyone's pushing against it whether we're creating them as images from our own self collectively and creating all of this 
theater drama out there, this ritual theater, mm -hmm. and it's all just happening in pods somewhere, or whether it, it is real. I mean, the idea of what is real, Alex? Well, I mean, my only answer would be, I guess it's just the collective continuity of my life with, you know, cause this is, but this continuity could be changed, you know, through Mandela effect. Not that I a hundred percent believe Mandela effect. I'm just saying there's ways to, for that to be manipulated. Um, so I don't know how to tell you this is a hundred percent real other than I pinch myself. And I feel like the continuity that I wake up to the same cat responding to me to the same meow but that could be fake too so well when you think about like the movie brainstorm i don't know if you saw it it's an 80s movie no but it sounds familiar so i feel like i might have seen clips from it brainstorm is that where their heads blow up what happened in brainstorm natalie wood it was a fantastic movie i need really, to watch it i love it. really 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 ahead of its time and very very good um but we'll just say right now like the stuff that elon musk is doing you know, well, tell me you, what Brainstorm was about. I feel like that sounds so familiar. What was the plot real quick? Do you remember? Jerry, come on board. Jerry's better at telling these yeah. things. So Brainstorm was a movie from uh, 84, 5, 6, in the 80s. And it was with uh, Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood. And Christopher Walken was a neurosurgeon, neuroscience uh, guy who developed a technology where you could record memories, experiences from other people, and then play them back on a headset. So like you could play somebody else's memory. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like so like a, so so and this is like it. Instagram or something. So you could relive this moment. You could relive the moment. And yeah. there was another movie later in '99 called Strange Days, which was kind of similar but different different plot. The point of Brainstorm was though that the government took over the project and took it away from this guy, and he then and then then. It got out of hand, basically, yeah. and uh, but that's the idea of the brainstorm is that they can make it so real you can't tell you could relive the moment. Yeah, I want to say it was an Adrian Lynn movie with um, effects by Douglas Trumbull, if I remember correctly. I'd have to look it up. It's a great movie. Everyone should check it out. They well, didn't didn't Natalie Wood die right after that? She died during yeah. the filming of that movie. So yeah. they fi they finished it even with her dead. Yes, they were able to. They cut scenes. You know, they put in cut scenes. Do you know what kind of wood doesn't float? Natalie Wood. <laughs> Natalie Wood, that's right. <laughs> Y'all are terrible. Yeah. But see, the thing is that they, you can hook up and have your your nervous system hooked up and your sensual, your sensate system hooked up to your brain and your spinal stem and do be and do anything. Feel it. A cut will hurt. You can, and we know that from placebo effect that and sex will feel good sex <laughs> will dream, feel yeah, good yeah. but you can die you know so in brainstorm you know the heart attack thing is in there and uh when the guy has a heart attack you know oh, you can, louise fletcher yeah and so the lady yeah and so <clears throat> you can this is the power of the brain's amazing and the power and then beyond the power of the brain though the power of the mind that operates the brain is amazing and so to limit us to the idea that you were born a poor black child in west virginia <laughs> yeah. is that from the jerk what is that yeah, from yeah That's, it's from I, the love jerk. That. I love that movie that's one of my favorite movies god martin. is that even socially I mean, appropriate yeah. anymore well, it's not Steve Martin. Who? Who's the? Yeah, it's Steve it was Martin. Steve yeah, Martin. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny. 
God, that was yeah. the best movie ever. I don't know why I said didn't I second guess myself. It was Steve Martin, but who was the other big? Uh, I guess I guess he was the main actress. But that movie was so awesome when he got rich and from the glasses that caused him to go cross-eyed. If you guys haven't seen the movie The Loser, that is one of the funniest movies ever. It's it, the it's jerk. Classic. The I jerk. mean the jerk. What I said yeah. The Loser, yeah, the jerk. It's classic, and um, and hopefully, you know, it's not offensive to people because it's not offensive. You know, it's. It was Bernadette, well, everybody, Bernadette Peters was the lead. I love That's Bernadette, Bernadette Peters. Peters. That's it. She was so yeah. pretty. That's the girl I was thinking yep. about. She was so hot in that movie. Yep. Bernadette Peters was so hot. Bernadette was gorgeous. I mean, she oh, probably she's still like, is. Oh, she's like, I don't yeah. think she Oh, yeah, but she was so, she was like the prettiest in that movie, I remember. Oh, okay, here we go. No, she was just hot. Bernadette, yeah, she was I'm hot. agreeing with you. I yeah, totally, yeah. I've always thought Bernadette was gorgeous. Well, because I remember the movie, he was with like the nasty biker babe before that. I guess that's who took his virginity and he was in the fair. I'm, I just watched it the other the clips of it the other day. It's so funny you bring up the jerk. I don't know why I said the loser. I know the movie so well and I know it's Steve Martin, but I don't know why I even second guess myself. But yeah, so in, in the movie, at one point, he's working for the carnival and the girl, yes. the stunt motorcycle driver, takes her to a trailer and takes his virginity and he sends a letter to his parents talking about how much he loves it and how he was going to, you know, keep going for a ride. And I don't know. You have to see the scene. It's so funny. That movie. It's so hilarious. Funny. Yeah. But then you see Bernadette Peters as the next one goes out with and she's like a 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, but this is what I'm saying. The I, these stories that we tell ourselves have power. Everything we think has a lot of power. And then the way we generate stories around the thoughts have more power. And we just keep building it and building it until, until what? You know, this is well, this. Let me ask you this. So I had this guy on my show. His name is Jeff Darty, and I'm anti Scientology. I lived in LA, and I know people that got really affected by Scientology. But these people in Scientology, he's actually like a what they call a squirrel Scientologist. He's not a, affiliated with the. This is a guy I had on my show, and I knew this. I knew he was a Scientology. Him and I had came on to have a debate about it, but I was nice to him because he's nice. But they believe through Dianetics and be able to through processing and getting rid of you know trauma that they can actually use their mind to bend stuff to you know that they can yeah. actually have superpowers. Do you believe a human being can tap into that? Because they say yogis 2000 years ago were able to like breathe underwater for an hour or, you know, bend, you know, some incredible way or, you know, that the, there were ways to tap into our body and we could basically be superhumans. Do you think that's possible? A hundred percent. Yes. You do. Well, mm -hmm. I'd like but, to think it is. Listen, I just don't know the Alex, proof for it. Yeah. I'd like to people, think that it is. But people don't even have enough self-control to read a book i mean you've got you got to understand to get to that point of of knowing and of being there's a lot of work yeah. there's a lot of work and nobody's doing the work every everything's flash everything's fast no all one, sizzle no steak no one understands stillness right now getting still and being quiet and being with yourself and meditation and all this stuff and in fasting and all these ways that get you to that point, you have to get, you have to do the work. It's the bottom line. These things aren't going to just fall into place. You're not just going to wake up one day and have, have that kind of mastery. It is, it's work. And most people don't want that. And that's why the allopathic system is like weed. And, you know, I mean, we could break this down socially. 
and economically and all this. So absolutely. And I have seen remarkable things in my life. I have been witness to remarkable things and I have also been part of remarkable things. So it it's like they say, it only takes one time. That's what I'm saying with the lucid dreams. When you, the first one is the cracking, right? It's the cracking mm -hmm. of the egg. You're like, oh my God, I'm dreaming, but I'm awake. And that's, that is all of a sudden it opens a neural pathway and you say to yourself, this is possible now. Then you can do it again and again, and you can keep pushing into it and you can play with it and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Same thing with any other kind of practice. No, you get better at it. I mean, yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. But by experimenting said, with it, though, also with self, this is all ultimately work on yourself. It's just how am I going to get myself into those lucid dreams? But you, you talked about a thing, fasting. Why is fasting so spiritual? I mean, every single, you know, major religion has fasting in their, you know, doctrine somewhere at some point, whether it's, you know, Judaism, Muslim, it, there's always some sort of Christianity. There's always some sort of fasting. Why is fasting so spiritual in your opinion? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that it needs to be spiritual. I don't know that it needs to be anything other than allowing but when you fast, you don't feel spiritual. You don't feel, I feel very spiritual when I'm, Alex, when I'm I always feel spiritual. I never have a moment when I don't feel spiritual. I like that. And, and so, but what fasting does for me, and I know this because I know how the body works, is it allows my systems to be calm. There's nothing going in. So there's not, no insulin spiking. There, the digestion gets to, you know your your colon and yeah. all the everything gets to calm down and reset that's a very big deal and in that process a lot happens biochemically that is helping and and this goes into the the benefits of assisting with new cell growth and all that and when we talk about like sleep is this is why we need sleep too. There's all the cycles, Alex. You got to have the death cycle, like you have the life cycle. And I want to yeah. spin into that. What do you think death is? What is death to you? And how do you perceive it at this moment? Well, you know, it's funny you say that because on my show, I get all these people always talking about revelation. So I feel like, because I'm not super stressed, but I can't stop thinking about dying. And it's really been on my mind a lot lately. And I, in my mind, I want, it's like I used to kind of think, you know, there's a heaven and a hell, but now I almost don't know if there is an eternal hell. And I know that you and I are spiritual beings. Like, you know, you're not a, you're a body that has a soul. You're not a soul that happens. To, I mean, you're a soul that happens to have a body. You're not a body that happens to have a soul. You're not a thumb that happens to have a soul. You're a soul that happens to have a thumb. So, this, so this soul goes somewhere, but where it goes, I don't know. I'm starting to almost more and more. I'm starting to think that it goes to some sort of portal through the sun, moon, and stars. And that, you know, the sun and stars above us are somehow past spirits. Could you elaborate on that? This is so I feel like intriguing. when I, I feel like when I die that my soul will rise up into the ether and either go maybe to the moon or to the sun. And that's what they think is heaven or hell. But going there, it's not heaven or hell. It's just, you know, A or B. And, and maybe it is a little bit of heaven or hell, but there is no eternal hell. I don't believe in that anymore. Yeah, I I definitely don't. Yeah. Um, 
but I believe there is another level. There's no way. And in my mind, I used to kind of think, oh, when you die, it's just all over. But I find that hard to believe. And then there's people that, you know, when you're born that maybe you lived a past life. I don't necessarily think that. I just think that there's a reason we were made. Maybe our soul and our spirit is used by God for some other creation. I don't know, but I feel like something else happens that I don't think all this could just be a cosmic accident. I find that I don't, I don't accept that anymore. Jerry, you look like you. I was just going to say that you're not the only person who thinks that stars are spirits. Yeah. I'm very, very interested in that. And so what do either one of you have to say about that? Well, first time I heard, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I mean, for me, I just feel like the, the electromagnetic force from the sun, moon, and stars gives us life, right? You know, like literally it grows plants. The dirt and sun will create a freaking watermelon. I mean, there's so there's not any more creation than that. So I feel like our soul, the creator, it goes back, it gets recycled into that somehow. So it's it's a it's a two way street. The sun, you know, you know, comes this way and we go that way. And I know that sounds weird, but I feel like up and down are the only non relative direction. Like east and west is relative from where you're going, but up and down is not. I believe our souls actually do go up into the sun, moon, and stars. And I feel like there's levels to this, and you know. Maybe there is possibilities for your soul to go down, but the majority of ours goes up to the sun, moon, and stars. Jerry, what about stars as spirit? I was just going to say the first time I ever heard anyone say that was Jake Stratton Kent. And I really respect that guy. So it was it was a interesting comment from him. Who is he? I don't know. Why don't He's I know the guy? Famous magician. And I love I love magicians. I used to be a huge Penn and Teller fan, but now not that kind of magic. Well, I'm just saying I like all kind of magic, but what kind of magic did he do? Uh, Goetic, I think. He did like the 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 spirit magic, clairvoyant, like the... clairvoyant magic. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. like like ritual magic. He's a ritual like of magic, high guy. ceremonial stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, a that's actually super. Harry Houdini spent the last years of his life trying to debunk those yep. type of magicians. Yeah, but he wasn't a he was an illusionist. Yeah, when I when I'm I'm talking about magic magicians we're talking about people who do like ritual magic ceremony magic things like yeah. the illuminati he wasn't on do. the vegas strip yeah no, he wasn't on no. the vegas strip yeah i got it well, yeah. like the like the pope does and you know the catholic church i'll find does. a link to that and put it in chat so that's interesting and do you have a fear of it alex death you know, because I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Yes. I, sadly, I worry about my dad dying all the time and how I'm going to react. I think about that all the time. Yeah, of course. You love because, him. It, it, well, it's not even that. It's not even that. It sadly is I see a lot of like celebrities and pro athletes. And, you know, you can say it's like Illuminati or something. But there's just so many people that I've seen in my life when they lose their, their parents that they love the most. Like you can use Kanye West's example. Their lives go off the rails. And for me, I just don't want to be a victim of that. And I worry about that because I, I, I say, oh, I can handle it now. But in that situation, I know that I'm almost not going to be able to handle it because I'm so close with my parents. So I worry about that all the time. And I, and I start thinking about it. I'm like, Alex, why am I worrying about something that's inevitable that I shouldn't worry about? And I get mad. But it's like it, it's a thing that's on my mind every single day. I think about my parents dying. Yeah. I did with my mama for every every day always I, and i felt like by the time she finally did die you know she you're was at young. peace with it you're at peace with it no, weren't you? 
Well, I she died a million times, right? Because you, yeah. it's always happening in a weird way. But I did have a calm with it, and and here's what I have to say about it, though: the relationship never ended; it just continues to develop. And it it was it came through dreams at that yeah. point, and it started to change the dreams, and I just started to accept that the void in my life physically was insurmountable for a long time i couldn't i had a very hard time because we would talk on the phone every day and we we're very very close uh, and so the the physical void in my life was really atrocious it was hard and it was harder than i physically knew i thought i was handling it well but then my body didn't handle it well and so i had you know i got that's when i got my thyroid problem and you know, it was just like, you think you're dealing with something and then your body lets you know you're actually not. So it took I a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then, and when you're, when you're shattered like that, your health is actually one of the main things that gets affected from it. Um, it's because your body, your immune system moment shuts down from sadness. Yeah, it was, you know, but I'd always, I'd been around a lot of death in my life and a lot of sorrows and hardships and all this so I was already really seasoned but it was it can't was be seasoned for that no way well it, you know it, I don't know it's just different I mean I had like I said I'd been around a lot of death but it was it was just different it was a different kind of death and that was part of it and then the people around me weren't able to it's like you couldn't talk about it you know, and I wasn't a mess. I was not a mess. I was not like in a pile crying. I was getting on. And so I'm always getting on. I always, she taught me that. So I was, I was functioning and I was fine. Yeah, that's it. He tells me too. That's one thing that gives me a little hope is like, my dad wouldn't want me to be, when he would die, he told me, you know, don't ruin your life. You know, don't make a bunch of mistakes. I mean, we've had this talk, but I just bought my mom life insurance. Literally, we just got approved for it, you know, where I pay, I just bought a 20 year policy. And just that is such a morbid thing to talk about with your mom. She's got to be interviewed with State Farm and all this yeah. stuff. And and she's the one that brought up the idea to do it. I didn't bring it up. She's like, Alex, you should do this. You know, while I'm still, you know, semi-young, I can get approved for a 20-year deal. And so we did it. But it's just a weird thing to talk with your mom like, oh, I'm buying an insurance policy because you're going to die. Theoret I mean, I don't want her to die within 20 years, but in case you do, which is a possibility, it's just a weird freaking conversation. And I hate that. I hate thinking about um, dying but for me I, I also like to think like I don't believe in the internal hell so for me when I die it's just I don't have any control over it at that point so I shouldn't stress out worrying about it but it's easier said than done well I don't we don't die I mean that's the thing we're energetic beings we don't die and I have I know there are hardcore atheists out there that do believe that and I've I've been close to that point I was never quite there I have had too many experiences. I have too much. Uh, there, are, there have been way too many clinkadinks and all that for me. And then out of body travel and all this stuff. And then having, uh, having had two very, uh, I didn't die, but you could call them near death experiences. But I didn't physically die. But I was out. <laughs> you ain't blood transfusion out and all that. Um, and they reshaped my life and my idea of what can happen what's possible and that's another 
aspect to this is that placebo effect. I don't think we die. And my mind can tell my brain that my brain can push that into my heart and my gut and into the fiber of my being. And then I can manifest this as a thought form that becomes an energetic field in the ether. And therefore I can create the idea that I don't die. And so it gets tricky. And this is where all this stuff with dreams and memory and, and sim and second life and inner space and outer space and all that starts to kind of meld. And when it melds to me, it all looks like fractals. It all looks like mirroring. And that's where if you're grounded, you can push into the idea through meditation and through meditation and then body manipulation. What I mean by that is fasting and uh, doing certain things to augment the way your body is functioning. You can find yourself at different places as far as uh, the idea of reality goes. Well, what about reincarnation? So it sounds like you might be on the re reincarnation um... Well, idea. that's looping, right? Isn't reincarnation looping? Yeah, I would consider it looping. I mean, I don't know. It's possible. Sometimes I kill a bug. I'm like, I wonder if that's me, you know, if that's my friend reincarnated. Why is this bug trying to get on my shoulder? I mean, I'm just kidding, but, you know, I, I like to think, you know, think creatively sometimes. It's, well, the idea that there's something. So here's a good solid. Here's some solid. I, in this life, I have very close affinities to certain things. So I'm very, I'm very tied into India. I'm very tied into ancient China. And I'm very tied into certain time periods, period, point blank, just certain. And if you're in my spaces, you, you can pull all that out because this is, these are the baubles. I have so you feel like me. you've been to those places? I feel like I know the, I feel like, and when I say India, I don't mean modern India. I don't mean modern China. I feel like I know, I feel like I'm Indian sometimes. That's how That's I feel like about New York. Sorry, cut you off on here. I feel like I'm from New York. I'm telling you, every time I go to New York City, I feel like I've spent a lifetime there. I don't know what the heck it is. And I know you could say, oh, it's just that, but it's deeper than it being a fast city because I've been there so many times. Like I just, when I go there and, and I have this, I just feel like I've been there a my whole life, every time I go there, it's such a weird feeling. But so yours is India and in, 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 in old China is what you feel like? Um, well, kind of no, a lot you? more, but those are deep, 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 deeply ingrained since I was little. But see this idea of you in New York, this is, this is the stuff you push into. So it's like, uh, there's, it's why wouldn't you have residual effects if say your last life you were in new york or in any other life that when new york was still in existence or you could you could put this at a slant you could spread the card deck out and call it a parallel dimension as well where your point of consciousness is shifting over to a life you're living simultaneously i mean the idea of reincarnation doesn't have to be linear right we could be jumping from uh, paradox to paradox, I guess. Or not, well, not paradox, from reality to reality. It Does it have to be linear is all I'm saying. Does it have to, the idea of reincarnation for me does not have to be linear. And I know that's not orthodox, but I don't, you know, I don't care with these ideas. 
what well that makes sense the melding of reality is kind of the basis of the mandela effect are you familiar with the mandela effect yeah like so of course i am yeah i know but so i don't like to be i don't like to say the mandela effect is what do you think about the mandela effect Bryce? well first of all starfire tour started that with her she called it uh time slips and then it it got you know it turned into the mandela effect and that's a whole different side story but But time slips have been around for years yeah i mean and it sounds but starfire's tour has been talking about time slips for over a decade you know like she's the first person i heard talk about them some are so weird like chick-fil-a is spelled c-i-h-c-k and i remember as a kid writing it in my journal with c-h-i-c like that was why it was so cool it was spelled incorrectly like i remember as a kid drawing that in my notebook because the chicken sandwiches were so good like oh i remember chick-fil-a not being spelled like it currently is so for me god it makes me want to believe the mandela effect so badly well uh, there's another jerry what you got i was just going to say that it's the nature of it makes it impossible to prove because if it's true and like timelines are merging or whatever nobody can remember the the way it wasn't you know so it's like trying yeah. to prove a negative. You can't, it's an impossible thing to prove that it's real. <laughs> I see that. I'm yeah. That's I see that's it's like a paradox. I can prove it. Yeah. That's but but see how what would create it that there's other current realities going on with another Alex somewhere, and then I can meld or that our brains can you know like there's another Alex, there's another Jerry, and there's another Nish like sitting somewhere. Look how limited Wait. our brains are, and not our brains, but our our existence is limited to this reality, right? Everything that our eyes, ears, nose pick up are, are really tuned to here. So if the way I look at it is like another there there's a, a radio there's a a wide band a wide band of frequencies and like a radio, we are tuned into one station and can't change it. But if we could just change that dial, we'd be in the next reality. I've heard that same thing. Yeah, it's, it's that that's like there's other aliens are operating on a, on a frequency. We, not aliens or whatever being that we can't pick up. We're a radio. We can't pick up that signal. But right. if, if we if we could pick up these signals, then we'd be living in a totally different reality. Correct. I agree. I think that is possible. And you were saying, you know, the superpowers, they say we only use 90% of our brain. And if that's true, I don't know who said 90? that. I mean, they say 10. I mean, 10. 11%. You know what I meant. I, I, said, I said it backwards. I only use a 10. You know what I meant. Thank you for correcting me, but that's what I meant. We only use a very limited amount of our brain capacity. So you imagine, um, Nishka, when you're And saying, that's obvious, Alex, when you look around. Oh, it's 100% obvious, but I wonder if you could tap in there, if we could get to 60 or 70%, does that give you that clairvoyance? Does that give you the ability to almost have superpowers? So I would say to that, if you watch the movie, uh, there's a movie, I'll try and remember what it was, with Scarlett Johansson and... uh, Oh, Lucy. Lucy, yeah. If you watch that movie, what what I got out of that movie was when you get your brain capacity up that high, you can think and work out all the probabilities of what's going to happen and make you appear to be clairvoyant. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. And it probably, it's probably a burden to actually, uh, if you really could tap into your brain that much, probably, we probably put it on cruise control on purpose because maybe we want less anxiety or something. Well, I think you put most of it to work in the background for you and you wouldn't pay attention to it. If you could, if you had that much capacity going on, you know, but I, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I know. We're just shooting. I'm definitely side, yeah. one that does not think it's it's not junk DNA, and I think it's spliced with. I think uh, I I'm one that thinks our DNA is more than what we think, and that we've been that we're created, we're manipulated. 
Well, yeah, I've heard like the double helix isn't even the real model of our DNA or something. Like it looks different. I'm not sure, but dude, is DNA even real? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that's I think that's the same thing I've been on. That what is the fuck? Is, I mean, I don't know. It's like gravity. We can measure it. We can, uh, you know, that's about it. We can measure it. We can't recreate it. I mean, it just sucks. I got questions when you're ready. Oh yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Did, did you ever have Alex is were you ever I got, if I'm right I got it were you ever a woman in any of your dreams you know I, I wasn't and I remember and I would say this but I remember a buddy telling me that he's had a couple gay dreams before and he asked me I've never had I've never had a dream or a cross dress that I remember or had a gay you know gay interaction I had one gay dream it was with my brother and oh his pants, his underpants were full of shit. It was so disgusting. Ew. Yeah, I know. yeah. My friend, my friend said he had a sex dream with me in it, and I was like, "What?" And it was in a big deal. But yeah, I haven't had that. I mean, not that I remember. I may have had that dream. I just don't remember having. All right. Yeah, no. but the poopy pants dream wins. Uh, yeah, it does. yeah, that's nasty. That's <laughs> a nightmare. So, uh, what is the worst monster in your nightmares? I don't know. I mean, the worst monster is like the ones that I can't see. I think like the Wizard of Oz type monster, the person mm -hmm. behind the curtain. You so know, nothing, no, no 10 foot tall roach or scary. Like you monster. were saying where the can was there and then it's not there. It's like, not, yeah. Yeah. So, since we've had so many dreams in common, did you ever have the one? I used to have this a lot, too, when I was younger, where there's you're you're in a pool and there's a dark mass under the water that you can't see and it's coming towards you. You know, now that you've had pool ones, I've had a lot of, I, I, I don't think I've had one with like a shark or anything, but I've had drowning ones. Yeah, but the dark mass. No, I don't think I've had one where I've been, but I've been, I've been stuff where I've like, I don't know if a dark mass, but like almost like a quicksand type dreams, mm. even though quicksand, I don't think it's real. But um, now that you say the water ones, I'm thinking pool. I've definitely had a lot of water dreams. Wow. That kind of, it's funny how you say that and all of a sudden my brain lights mm -hmm. up. Well, that's Did you have any way you were sitting at the bottom of a pool? I feel like I have, and I know I've had dreams where I drowned in a pool, where I've been in an ocean, or been on a boat that sunk or something. I've had a lot of water dreams now that I think about it. That's all I got. That was it, Jer? I'm that surprised. I would think well, of all people. The other one people, wasn't really worthy of asking, so. I'm sure he got inappropriate. Stuff. Someone wanted to Alex. know if you wear a tinfoil hat or maybe aluminum foil hat. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Tell them I'm conspiracy crazy. I'm going to tell them I'm a nut. Yeah, I'm a nut. I currently believe, guys, the reality that we're living in is based on lies. And the reason why they're lying to us is to hide our significance because they don't want us to know that we are important. They want us to literally be on uh, antidepressants. They want us to hate ourselves. And they want to keep us in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The, the, the top need is self-actualization. And that's like basically if you died and you can come back as anybody, you say yourself. You know, that need is really hard to read, but the, the first two needs are, you know, safety. And that's basically all the government wants to do is they want to provide you safety without providing you any chance of actually having any inner happiness. So I know I sound like a tinfoil hat, but I'm telling you guys, the government and the people that control us do not want you and me to be happy. So you can call me a conspiracy theory all I want, but my Alex, job is... None of that is conspiracy. That's all yeah. real. Sorry. I know. No, I, I love mean, it. Sorry, I, it's real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just don't want us to be happy because they, they don't want us to really know what is going on. And when you look at events like, for me, the moon landing, that's a big one. It's just, that's not what they tell us. But And what they tell us about the sun, moon, and stars is not the same. So, yes. Now, that I'm could a, be, now that falls into conspiracy. Yeah, of and course. The they both do. They too. both do. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a conspiracy nut. My show's called Conspiracy Castle. Fuck it. I got tinfoil <laughs> thong on right now. I got a tinfoil <laughs> underwear. Forget the hat. I got a thong made of tinfoil. Now we're talking. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great show. Did you have, you want to plug your channel? I got oh, links yeah, in guys, the description, so you don't have to go over it. Guys, please. Yeah. Tinfoil hat all the way. If you guys want to come and, and talk about basically, we would like to have fun. I want to have a comedic aspect in life, guys, because we're so stressed out. We're in such a rat race. Yeah, we need yeah. to laugh. We need to joke Absolutely. around. So if you guys want to come to a place that's not going to be super serious and we're going to joke around, yes, I'm a little goofy. Yes, I can be a little annoying at first. But if you give me a chance, some of you guys, give me a chance. Come watch a two-hour. I, I stream live almost every night. Tonight I'm just taking off because my birthday's tomorrow. But come give me a chance. I think you'll like it if you guys like this conversation. And Jaranishka, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I really enjoy talking hey, to you. Hey, we enjoy talking to you too. You're awesome. We we love you, Alex. I well, do. it's it's all love. It's it's all. If you need some new new, you know where to get it. I might need some. I might be trading that in sooner than later, so you be careful. I'm gonna, when I trade that IOU in, you better drop trowel. That's what I'm saying. No wait, no trowel. That's that's titty. Oh Jesus! This is we've gone down. Yeah, you're see, we like to have fun. We, well, not we, you. That, that, no, you too, point. Jerry. You're dropping something too. You're that's dropping like it's hot. We're all inclusive here. No, we do have to have comedy and we have to have humor and we need to be able to laugh and la relax and laugh at ourselves. And Alex, that's one of the things I appreciate about you. I really, really like it. And I like the ability to be able to play on this level and just know that we're, we're funning with each other. We've lost this in society in general. So thank you. You're 100% on. We've lost the ability to laugh when you walk through the grocery store and you can't have Aunt Jemima pancakes or because that, you know, because we're so sensitive. So just getting to talk with you guys and getting to say whatever it comes to my mind is freedom, in my opinion. So it's such a pleasure talking to you guys that are, you know, open minded, free thinkers. Thank you. Thank you. It was uh, great having you once again. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Nish. Everyone, Thank have a you, great Jamie. night. Next week, we have a surprise guest. To be announced. No, I'm, not, I'm not sure who it is yet. <laughs> that's a surprise to us. Real well, surprise. Yeah, that's a surprise. I, I, it's a surprise to you. <laughs> so next week's a new moon, and I invited Thomas Sheridan on. And I just waiting to hear, but he already said it was okay. I just waiting to hear on confirmation. So. Oh, we love Sheridan. So we'll be talking about, I want to talk about internet demons with him. So that should be pretty Ooh, interesting. Yes. Ooh, wow. Jerry, that's going to be good. Wow. Right, digital, so digital internet demons. Digital internet demons. Yeah, that's right. I like we it. call that double D, baby. Double D. Double <laughs> D. Yeah, keep on talking double D. <laughs> double dose of his pimping. And on that note, everyone have a great night. We'll see you next week. Peace. I'll bye talk bye. to y'all soon. Bye. All right, dude. Bye. bye.